Do work, take 39. Action. Action. What's up, guys? It's Cody with Do Work. What's going on, boys? It's Gerald. It's Gerald. No, I'm Gerald. Oh. You get swapped. Then who am I? Uh. Oh. Uh, no. You have to be Gerald. You have to be Gerald. I can't, okay. I can't be Gerald. Well, then I'm Gerald. Can't handle that. <laughs> I, can, I, can never measure, <laughs> I can never measure up to that kind of, you know, that kind of man's man. It has been a freaking while, guys. Oh, man. We we have to apologize for how long it's been since we put out any content or anything. I'm sorry. With all this craziness in the world and COVID and nuts. It's just been nuts lately. Why do you have to say the word? That word. It's a bad word. 2020 has been like 10 years. It's the cold (laughs) times. That word triggers me. The cold times. I can't wait to tell people about this like 15 years from now. Yeah, we, Back in my day. we were on the job during the cold times. The cold times, boys. <laughs> we wouldn't even know. Ugh. There's been quite quite a bit going on lately and just one thing after another. And just yeah, we couldn't kidding. we could never get together and we tried and things come up and well, call they, back yeah, and got, extra shifts. They and, forced us into quarantine a bunch of times yeah. and they wouldn't let us around each other. Even at the station they weren't, we weren't allowed to be like really around each other, so there was a lot of time it was just kind of like, hey, we we're still probably... supposed to be like putting masks yeah. and stuff on inside still, the cab and all that. We still kind of do. Yeah, I mean, we yeah, did put them on our calls. We put them on our calls. Like we care, just like not a lot. Yeah, it's and you know, <laughs> it's the minimum care. It doesn't help that you know I caught it <laughs> and had to go through all that freaking quarantine and craziness that goes with that. Yeah, not being able to taste beer really sucked. <laughs> It was just like, what's the point? What's the point? What's the point here? Might as well just get some Natty Light. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's, I made the switch to Bush. It was great for a little while because I couldn't taste it. Then the taste buds came back it's and I was like. The economy. Is it good? The economy beer. <laughs> the economy beer, dude. Yeah. It's still pretty good. I, I yeah. kind of enjoy it every now and then. It's really cheap. Well, yeah. 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 I don't know about you guys, but I had plenty of time. Yeah. 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 My, my schedule is pretty much yeah, free. Gerald pretty much is open. now, Gerald's title now. Um, completes with the the letters R E T and then period. That's right. Well, you can fill in the blanks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a it's a hard life. It it's really a hard is. Life. It's a hard life. Yeah, you know, especially making five hundred grand after you spend three dollars on a beanie baby. On a- yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I, I doubt it. I hate you. I don't know, man. Gerald said he was going to buy us a Dewark bus so we could go on the road. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's We're, what it's coming. And it's going to be covered in nothing but Q sirens. <laughs> it's going to have fifty. It's like when you run all the cues, the lights dim. Yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> oh, it's going to be sweet. Surgeon. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's going to have nothing but green LED lighting all over it. <laughs> do work, baby. It says do work. It's, it's got, been a while since has. we, uh, since, so what have you been doing, Brandon? Uh, I've been I doing during work. these cold times. I just work. Yeah? Yep. Work. Try not to get the Roni? Try not to get the Roni. I don't try very hard. Let's be real. I don't try very hard not to get the Roni. I, I care. I care about not getting it, but it's been months and months and months, and I kind of assumed it would get me by now. And it's just its more irritating than it is anything. It's like, just just come and get some. Just come just, and get some. Yeah. Come, come get with it. it. Okay? Come and get some. Let the white blood cells do their thing. They're That's basically right. little warriors. All right? So come with it. Um, if I'm dead in two months from Roni, <laughs> don't don't play anyone this this podcast. Yeah. Delete yeah. it. 
We have to take it, it down. Delete it. Take it down. Redacted. Tell my story. It's redacted. <laughs> Tell my you story. Go, you go to listen to it, and there's just like a black Sharpie line across it. It's like what? redacted. <laughs> well, I got it. I got it back in, let's say, August. And it, it's, it sucked, but it was like the flu. A little, little more aggressive than the flu. But it wasn't anything too crazy, you know? Yeah. yeah. Still sucked having to be quarantined. I think that was the worst. That just like not doing anything for two weeks at the house and you're just stuck and bored out of your mind and especially if you're task oriented, you just you can't do anything. Yeah. You just lose it, bro. I'm not task oriented. <laughs> There's only so much nut sitting you can do, right? Yeah. Nope. That, that is, I could do a lot of that. That is incorrect, sir. Yeah. I was losing it, man. <laughs> I have to be busy anyway. I was anyway. doing that before you came over here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then plus, uh, the reason, you know, an, another excuse for us not being able to get together is I've had a lot of uh, home remodel stuff go on. I've uh, been in a bathroom remodel, still trying to get that finished up, and then... Uh, had some roof stuff on the house, and now another roof project yeah, on the happened den. To your roof exactly? <laughs> yeah. Some roof stuff. <laughs> yeah, I had. A... So we cut a vent hole in his roof. Yeah, I yeah. wish. I wish it was actually. Yeah, we, we, we were really doing do training. A guy yeah, did. He, a guy yeah. made a vent hole in my roof. <laughs> it was roof. a banging vent hole. Yeah, too, he uh, he decided. I, well, my wife decided we needed a new roof, so <laughs> we had a roofing company come over, and they were uh, looking at it and everything, and we had quarter inch decking on our roof yeah. quarter should, inch sweet. decking look man safety says he should have sounded it it's his yeah. fault he's yeah. up there he's up there with a new york hook just <laughs> slapping your roof as he's walking he around. probably should have man yeah, i would so they uh they pull all the roof covering and everything back and doing what they do he falls straight through the roof oh. of the den yeah. hits the ground and just hauls out of the house like nothing happened <laughs> I'm home. You probably would do that, too. Uh, he, if you yeah. fell through, you'd probably get up and run. Me and my wife both like, like, just like get up, and we're like, what the crap was that? Was Look it? up, and there's a giant hole <laughs> in our roof. You're like, awesome. oh, well. Yeah, so we're yeah. like, okay, Sweet. well, that's that's not that's not right. We call that skylight where I'm from. Yeah, we well, you know, had another skylight in the day. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what was more awesome than that was about 30 minutes after that, another guy falls through. <laughs> And uh, now I have two awesome holes, and yep. a giant rainstorm decides to come <laughs> through the panhandle. A pop-up thunder shower. Yeah. It was. It was phenomenal. Twenty minutes of just solid yep. pouring rain. Yeah, and like flooded formed, my deck. And the storm just formed like a block outside of town. It was just like we're gonna kill you. Yep. Yep. And it just flooded the den and furniture and all that. We had some stuff that got ruined, but. Luckily, you know, insurance and all that. So yep. we uh, we got all that fixed, finally. And uh, recently, we've had a sweet ice storm come through. Oh, that was awesome. Where we had 82 calls. Yeah, daddy. In one shift. That sucked. We put 100 miles. Me, Captain Schmuck here, and our fireman put 100 miles on our engine. In like, three miles at a time. Three miles at a time over like an 18-hour period. It sucked. 100 miles. That sucked so year. bad. Ugh. Yeah, well, awesome. yeah, considering Pampa's 33 square miles. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So it was awesome. It was sweet, dude. Uh, call after call after call. Well, get off that, and a few days pass, and I mean, there's still some ice and stuff, but now it's starting to melt. Yeah. And uh, my den gets flooded again. Sure enough. <laughs> so uh, currently we have a roofing crew over there, and in a few days they're going to be putting a metal roof on the add-on that they put onto the house, and... 
uh, get rid of the skylights, which I had four skylights in the den. I kind of liked them for reading and stuff, but uh, now they're going to go away and get a metal roof put on top of it, so that'll be nice. Metal. And then one of these days, I'm going to get that uh, bathroom redone so we can be back to two bathrooms. Hmm. And uh, other than that, it's just been school and certification trainings and work and callback. And, yeah, and, our, and we've been minimum staff for... I mean, until Ever. until we got the A shifter that came over what a month ago. Yeah, you know we were minimum staff for like a year. Yeah, it was <laughs> so, crazy. So there's, just, there's not much time for screwing around. I just want to let you know, Cody. I'm getting a patch made up. It's uh, the Brown House Crisis Response Team. You know, I would appreciate <laughs> so, that. Yeah, we're gonna put it on the side of our vehicles. You need to because yeah. both times, <laughs> both times I had to call, I had to call you and you. <laughs> you were like, like, I need towels. Help and get over Help. here. Help. I got no phone call. Just saying. <laughs> well, you don't think you, I owe you towels? You have you have nothing here. Yeah, you don't think. <laughs> no, yeah, in all fairness, you, you probably have one towel you to your name. Me, like, help me bring towels. I would have showed up with like two towels, and, and a one of them would be a hand towel. Yeah, <laughs> that's why. Like, I brought all I have. Yes. Also, I'm still wet from my shower. <laughs> I'm having to air dry. Yeah, run around yeah. the apartment. So it's been it's been fun. Uh, been hectic, you know. We we've had opportunities to record and stuff, but then you know extra shifts pop up and all of that. So unfortunately, it's it's been what it is, and it's taken us forever to get here. But boys, we're here. We're here. We finally we made, made it. it. Yeah, we've missed it too. Oh yeah. yeah. We've been trying to record for a, at least a good solid two months. Yeah, right? yeah. Like a break every now and then is good. You know, we probably needed a break, honestly. We've yeah. been going pretty hard for a while, so Okay. So, okay. <laughs> come back in. Come back, come back in. in. Do work <laughs> do work secret meeting there. Yeah. <laughs> Off air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because our communication is just like the fire <laughs> I'm service. Sorry. I did, okay, that one's on me. It's on me. I didn't say anything. I should have. Yeah. I did not. <laughs> Switch your open up to. Fire me too. <laughs> Please add it to the list. Yeah. yeah. Um. I'm just building a case against you. <laughs> What's Cheryl been up to? Nothing. And it's awesome. No, really. No, really, Gerald. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Let me check my calendar. Yep. Nothing. Not a thing. Not a thing. Yeah, retired, baby. Thank you, VA. It's a sweet life. Sweet it is. Life. Yep. It's a hard one. Yep. It's a hard one. That's about it. Wow. I hey, know. You almost knocked the computer over. Hey, stop. Stop I'm it. Trying to stop not move it. as much. Stop. <laughs> okay. Okay. We need to get longer cables. We do. <laughs> if anyone out there is a Dewark fan, and you just happen to own, like, 20-foot audio cables, and you want to support the Dewark podcast, keep your audio cables and donate us $25,000. Please. We will buy the cables and a bus. That's right. And we will come on the road. (laughs) Anyone who wants to give us a bus, mark my words right here, we will drive it to you. (laughs) You will be... The <laughs> inaugural location for the Dewark tour. On what do the you road. have to get, like a license for a party bus? Because uh, you see them around. Yeah. You have to have a commercial if you're driving passengers. But if it's like privately owned, yeah. we can do whatever we want. I drive passengers. Yeah. No, like it's over a certain number. I don't know. Crap. You gotta look it up. Yeah, there's some sort. Of, there's got to be a law to it to have like alcohol on your bus. Well, because you've seen those. Yeah, like, the party. Right? You can drink yeah. on a party bus. Yeah, no. That's, I've always kind of wondered that. That's how I'm that's thinking. how you can get past the. How do you get a, like you a get privately past... owned party yeah. bus so you can drink on? That's. I don't know if that's legal. Just drive yourself. <laughs> well, the whole thing. You comes get pulled down. over. You're like, it's a party bus, bro. <laughs> 
The whole Papa? thing comes down to the driver still can't drink. Okay. What? No. 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 Is this not America? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know we grew up in communist China. <laughs> just no. driving a party bus, drinking a beer. Like you're driving, there's no one in the back. You get pulled over. It's you're a like party bus, party bro. Bus, bro. What's your problem? It's not America? He's like, step out of the vehicle, sir. <laughs> Put your hands up. Yeah, my bad. He just impound your stupid party bus just <laughs> sitting downtown at that little lot. It would take one week for us to get our bus impounded. It would take three yep. days. <laughs> three hours. The Dewark bus is not going to be a party bus. <clears throat> the Dewark bus is going to be a mean machine full of Q-sirens. Mean machine. And we're just going to go to Houston, and we're going to patrol for fires. And we're going to have pro-bars and Qs. We're just going to show up at jobs, <laughs> kick doors, and then leave before HFD gets there. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see anything bad happening there. Be sweet. Yep. Nothing. Nothing. I can't see how that possibly goes wrong. We're going to go into 68's territory and give Mo Davis a run for his money. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> He shows up, we're like, what's up, dude? What's up? What's like, going on? He's like, he's like this place. Get, get out of here. <laughs> get out of here, schmoes. Bunch of idiots. In all honesty, Mo would probably be like, let's go, boys. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. You're like, you guys like roof work? Yeah. You guys like jobs? Like, I brought my own hook, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> you boys like jobs? That salty white hat running around, man. Oh, man. Packed up, like getting ready to send work. Let's oh. go. He's such yeah. a man. He is. He's a great guy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, come on our dang podcast, Mo, yeah. if you even listen yeah, to us. Jerk. Yeah, <laughs> dang it. That guy is so hard to pin down. I've emailed him and he everything, is. and he just never replies. So am I. I declare a lot of stuff to be here. Oh, yeah. Pretty yeah. nice. Could yeah. be golfing. You had a... Uh, no, you couldn't. It's, it's way too windy. It's too windy. Yep. I know what you did today. I know exactly what you did today. <laughs> okay, let's tell, hear it. Tell me if I'm wrong. Okay, let's right, hear it. Come on. You left the station. I did. Like 7.40. Uh, I left at like 8. But, okay. Uh, okay, 7, 7.40. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, somewhere there. Yeah, pretty close. You went to 5 Star. Okay. You're, you're 2 for 2. You got 2 kolaches. <laughs> oh, oh, I did not go to 5 Star this morning. I said I did because I'm so used to going. You I do? did not go to Five Star. They, uh, they're putting out an APB right now. Five for Star you. was closed this morning. Oh man! Yep. What'd you? Do? You went to Harvester. No. Nope. Where'd you no, go? I'm not a tr- dirty trader. <laughs> I went to Wendy's this morning. All right. Um, All right. Um, but you're not bad for guessing. You know, yeah. That's a good solid guess. But I did go to Wendy's, so yeah. you know you're 50 percent now. Okay. You went from behind yeah. out. What else that's did fine. he do today? <laughs> you ate it. Uh, yeah, you came back yeah, here. I didn't just throw it in the trash. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, you came just, back here. Yeah, okay, carb loaded, <laughs> given, got in that chair, and you had a nap. <laughs> you till you about eleven thirty. Okay. You missed some crucial part there. I took a shower. Yep. Okay, I shower in the mornings because I don't shower in the station before I go to bed. Because who cares? Yeah. So I, I shower know. when I come home, and then I sat down in my easy chair, and then I snoozed for like twenty minutes, and then. My main man, Gerald, says it's time to go to Jobs. Yes. And so we went to Jobs on the computer. So you only had a 30-minute nap? It was not, pretty yeah. brutal. Not a four-hour I could fall asleep any minute now. It's going to be okay, though. Yeah, so surprised me today. I know. See? You don't know me. Surprising. You bro. don't know what I'm about. Every day you do this. Same routine. Yeah, I don't do... I play golf. Yeah. I play golf. I drive streets. Look, I have two jobs, and that's know where to go and know how to work the truck. That's it. As long as I'm doing those things, who cares what else I do? <laughs> who cares? 
Jobs. Jobs. We even had a job. Well, you guys went to two jobs without me. That's not very cool. But yeah, you did that to yourself. I haven't been to one in a long time. You did that to yourself. Some sweet jobs. Sweet jobs lately, too. Sweet jobs. are pretty good ones, but... Yeah, you guys suck. Yeah. Sorry. You, you can come to the station and smell my gear drop if you want to. Yeah. You can, t- you can touch my leather. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> you can touch my leather. I'll bring it to you. Yeah. I'll have you know one of the guys we just hired, the guys, one of the guys whose literal first day is today, mm-hmm. he put your gear in the wrong spot, but I saved his life and I moved it before you came downstairs and saw it. I was like, okay. Like I would murder the kid. Oh, you're just a vicious animal. I'm not either. Don't listen to him. To new guys. Help me. I would not murder a new guy for putting my gear somewhere he didn't know. Yeah, you would. How would he know? I couldn't kill him. Uh, Because because it was really awesome. Because I was trying to explain to the two A-shifters how to tell him where your gear goes. Right? And I said, go through the door and by the back door, it's the hook just to the left. Right? That's easy instructions. Kind of. Uh, it was behind the bunker room door. You said behind the door. I said I said next to the back door on the left. Dude, he's a, he doesn't yeah. even know where he's at right now. Yeah. He's lost he's in the sauce. In. He's a little in. He yeah. never even seen a fire truck before. That's what's crazy. We had, we had, uh, we hired three. Yep. Well, we hired four. But uh, Hubert has some experience. Mm-hmm. He uh, come from Colorado and has a little bit of experience. You know, he's a volunteer in at a wherever yeah, from there. is weird. I'm not going to remember it. Yeah. He lives in a weird town. Uh, yeah. I think on the northwest of Colorado. I, I have no idea. Whoa. But he had a little bit of experience with the rest of the guys we hired. They had nothing. Babies. Yeah. Green. Yeah. I mean, so. that one guy went to Teeks. That's pretty cool. I mean, that's that's pretty esteemed place to go to the fire academy. And the other two schmucks don't have anything. Yeah, they don't have anything. I asked asked one of the guys, and I introduced myself, and I was like, where'd you go to fire school? And he goes, "Uh, I haven't. And I was like, oh. Well, never mind. Good to know. Take it back. I was like, oh, me too. Well, this here, this is a a coffee mug. Uh, Coffee (laughs) goes in it. That's what I was telling Heath this morning. I was like, bro, with new guys, they know nothing. Yeah. They know nothing until you teach them. So don't expect or assume anything. Yep. Even the most menial of tasks. Yeah, I told him, I was like, look, coffee and mugs around here is a big deal. If someone has a mug and there's no coffee in it, that's a problem. Two-cycle like, fuel okay. is different than four-cycle. <laughs> like, you got to go, this is the right side yeah. of the chain for the yeah, chainsaw. Yeah, okay. yeah. Because yeah. uh, they're new. I mean, they're babies. Okay. Have they literally just graduated high school. I'll give you that one. Have yeah. you ever used a mop before? This is, this is a, a mop. What? This is yeah. a mop. Gosh. Yeah. But is this a broom? Both is, of the, is this a broom? Really? Both of the guys that came in this morning, though, they seemed uh, they seemed like very respectful young men, though. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like, I don't think we'll have any problem with them. They'll just have to learn. Yeah, they just, they're just new. They just have to learn. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> they make some jobs. <laughs> make some jobs. Yeah, they're like, what you know about jobs, boy? I'm going to say that tomorrow morning when we go to work. I'm going to kick the door and be like, jobs! Jobs! What you boys know about jobs? <laughs> I felt so sweet. bad. We had this 18-year-old this show up one day. And I was like, hey, go get a push broom. And he comes out, and he's holding one. And he was like, is this a push broom? And I, I, my mind broke. You're like, yes. I, I looked at him, and I was like, are you messing with me right now? Like, you're kidding, right? You're like, that's like, a mop. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. That's a vacuum. Is this a, <laughs> that's a and vacuum? Then he was getting aggravated at me. Is this a push broom <laughs> or not? Jeez. <laughs> like, 
Yeah. Actually, no. That's a that's a mop. Yeah. That's you dip that in water. That's deuce and a half hose, but good try. <laughs> yeah. Good try. Yeah, that's a fire truck. That's a fire right. truck. You ride that to golf. I yeah. can't wait to. Oh, I can't wait to tell one of the new guys that the new guy rides in the front seat. Oh, jeez. It's gonna be awesome. And let him get in your seat. And I'll be like, we have this guy here. You're gonna uh, cause so much. We have this guy here. He really guy. likes the front seat. So if he comes and tells you to move, just don't listen to him. Okay, the new guy always rides in the front. <laughs> He's gonna come slam some new schmuck. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I have to apologize to the schmuck now. Yeah. Because Brandon's doing this to you. I'm not. He's setting you up for failure. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. 100%. Take it a little bit. What a schmuck. What a schmuck. for failure. I set myself up for failure. I fired you. I I think the last four months, by the way, I fired Brandon about (laughs) 30,000 times. He doesn't leave, though. He doesn't take the hint. Can't leave. Can't stop the rock. Can't stop the rock. Look at the alternate (laughs) options. Tell me you went that. Tell me you went that. Sounds legit. You're pre-fired. Uh, in about three years, you're like you're real fired. Pre-pre-fired. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> Other than that. Other than that. What do we got? Nothing special going on. Yeah. Gerald brought a raging, angry canine with him. I did. Who is now lazily sleeping on the floor. Yep, yep. She's a sweet baby. Yeah. Lazy She's baby. pretty sweet. Yeah, she didn't even hear me. Big old German Shepherd. She's just straight. As, the ears are pointed right at me, though. I know she can hear me. Oh, she's she's thinking about she's, attacking me. Yeah, she's keeping an eye on you, yeah, dude. She's thinking about. She is me. sound asleep. She ain't thinking about nothing. <laughs> Think about mulling me, yet, dude. <laughs> this dog is the worst. Like mine, worthless guard dog. <laughs> it's like, wait, you made it. Well, is that how boring <laughs> we were? We put her to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <Dang>. <laughs> Whoops. Sorry, guys. So we have this grand plan. Yep, it always episode, goes right? right out the window. Yeah, we have this grand plan, and it's going to be where Gerald finds us um, comments on the Do Work page, and we're just going to, you know, give you what we think about them. Be addressing your comments yeah, and mainly, such. Mainly because yeah. we're kind of washed out at this point and have no material. Yes. But uh, yeah. that being aside... So- <laughs> <laughs> Here's the post. We want to hear from our listeners. Please be interactive. May first. When, when was that post? May first. It's been a minute. It's better late it's than been never. A minute. Boys. Yeah. Better late than never. Yeah. Whoops. Sorry. So, Sorry. So we Sorry, asked you guys to give us topics, Good. and then we just ignored you. So what do we give hey, so each of these? Like, just a few minutes. We're not rabbit yeah. holing. Yeah. No, no, no. no. But, well, well, we have to rabbit hole. You know, well, you know not, how we do. Like, yeah. I just wanted the effort was made. Okay, guys. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. So, you know how we do. I'm yeah. sorry. We're, we're gonna see what we go into, and uh, you just be quiet before we put you back in the basement. <laughs> yeah, Brandon. This is my house. This is my house. That doesn't mean You're anything. Sitting in my chair. <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. I got the guard dog. Uh, you're garbage. Garbage. Sick him. No? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> she didn't even like Never look. mind. All right. So, uh, shout out to Matt Bryan. He gave us... I'd like to hear about the search culture regarding abandoned or vacant structures. Oh, what a, yeah. what a doozy right and off the bat. To continue, it's not clear until <laughs> we search it, right? I'd like to hear from some SME, subject matter expert... Why would you want to hear from a SME? I'm glad I'm glad you clarified that. Yeah. I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> and, and opinions about maintaining the priority of search, increase hazardous buildings, 
Thought to be vacant. I have struggled with this as a new officer trying to live by. We search every time. But dealing with risk versus benefit and unknown stability and conditions. Trump impersonations welcome, of course. <laughs> so he gets an A++ rating for the question. <laughs> we'll recommend. Yeah. The 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10, we'll recommend. <laughs> yeah. Man, the, how, how, I, how I see it is we've, we run on probably 90% would be considered bacon structures yeah. on what we run. Yeah. So I'm not a subject matter expert in, by any stretch of the imagination, but we do run on a lot of vacant structures. And uh, they're occupied until I deem them they're not. Yeah. And we've gone into some pretty shady spots where, I mean, floors are caving in and, and uh, you know, the, the building's dilapidated because it's – it's 90 years old and yeah, it's just yeah. been vacant and boarded up and <clears throat> squatters have been in it. And you can tell, you can yeah. see signs of life that's been inside these buildings and they're occupied until I deem them not. Yeah. So if there's a fire inside of it, well, I had to start somehow. Yep. And if it was a squatter, then there's a possibility that they're still inside yeah. and we got to search them. Search is number one. We're here for them. Even if they're, non-tax-paying citizens or, you know, whatever. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I'm here for the people that live in my city and my county, so I'm going to do what I have to do to search that building and make sure that nobody's inside. Yeah, how many houses do we have here, too, that people uh, renovate the inside, but they leave the outside looking crappy for the, you know, so it appraises oh, low? Oh, yeah. We right? have a lot yeah. of that. Taxes stay nice and low, right? Yep. So you're, you know, you're whatever guy the appraisal guy comes by and he's like yeah this yeah, is a garbage place because they won't come inside i don't know if that's in every state or if it's just here but they won't come inside unless you ask them to yep so all they have to go is the outside from your house so if you the outside of your house so if the outside looks crappy and you haven't painted it in 50 years or whatever like it's just not a good indicator of people being inside yeah you know and, and we've had we've had structures you know i think of the one we had on miami tigner there was two structures over there and one of them like was was a structure that I would absolutely consider to be a vacant, right? And then we went in there. And, and she's there living like, there. And there was a person living there. Now, they weren't there when we got there, but there was like a an, like a full of water, water bed, right? And there's like a barbecue grill inside the house that somebody was cooking food on and using to stay warm and that kind of stuff. Like somebody had been living in that, you know, quote unquote vacant. Yep. So, you know, I'm 100% so if you're, on board. So if you're outside and you're looking at this structure and you're like, well, you know, it's vacant. Yeah. It, that doesn't mean anything. It, it's clear whenever you make it clear. Yeah. And as a new, I mean, as a new officer, uh, you, you have to make that decision. You know, it's a we. It's the little cliche thing: risk versus reward, or you know. Yeah. But whenever I signed up for the job, I knew what I was going to risk. Yeah. And if I can save one life, then I'm going to yeah. do what I can. Yeah. I'm going to make that grab. And oh, you know, and if you go your whole career, let's say you do like 30 years, right? And you, you, you go your whole career searching quote unquote vacant structures. And, you know, in year number 30, you find somebody in one and you save their life. Is it not worth that past 30 years? Oh, you've yeah, been searching vacants, right? I, I think that people who don't search these, you know, vacant structures are just being lazy and they're being cowards. Really. Yeah, you're, just, you're giving into uh, complacency. Exactly. Yeah. Of, oh, there's not anybody in there. Exactly. I mean, I mean it's the same thing whenever they yeah. they they look at a, a building and they're like, well, you know, it's 90% involved. Yeah. yeah. So, so? Uh, yeah. there's no way anybody can be alive in there. I mean, no, if there's if yeah. there's ten percent chance yeah. of somebody being alive, you search that ten percent chance. Yeah, we'll yeah. get in that one room that's not involved, yeah. and you better believe I'm gonna freaking 
get my happy butt in there and oh, get yeah. my happy butt back out of there I ASAP. Mean, but like, we're going to look. And it, you know, it all comes down to everything's conditions based. I mean, if we're talking about structures, you know, uh, wooden frame, stuff like that. I mean, there's a lot of stuff we can do. And with the power of an engine and just an inch and three quarter line, we oh, can yeah. usually knock down a lot of fire. You mm-hmm. roll up, uh, downtown Pampa to the abandoned, uh, movie theater that roof has collapsed i mean it is just and you know it's a brick structure and it was made in the what 40s or 50s so it's collapsed designed uh there's a lot of bowstring down there and stuff like that so i mean it you know what are what's my what's my fire doing what what conditions are being shown to me what can i do nope because if i'm looking at this thing and she's just a blown and going girl And yeah. I've got one engine company on scene. You know, can I open the door and take a look? Maybe do a thermal camera sweep or something like that. Maybe see if I can see anything. Or, you know, is it one of those I've got to get? Yeah. I've got to focus on being able to suppress the fire before I can go do it. So, because yeah. nobody, we all took the job knowing that we'd risk our lives, but nobody right. took the job that was going to commit suicide for the job, right? Yeah. Right. I mean, we're not. I'm not gonna just walk into a fully involved room and be like, "I'm searching." Yeah, yeah. Because well, that'd be stupid. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's the whole. That's the whole thing. Like but, with me, you have to get your. Yeah. You have to get the order right because sometimes, yeah. you know, sometimes, and I, my experience is limited. But sometimes water needs to be your first priority, and sometimes water needs to be not the first priority. Yeah. And like, life safety can hold the same place in both of those things. I think if we show up, yeah, and you've got. You know, reports victims are inside, and you show up, and it's wispy light smoke. Yeah. You might just go in without a hose line. Go find whoever's in there and come back out. You know the fire's not going to flash on you the second you open the door. But if you show up, and they're like, you know, my baby's in that back room, yeah. and it's pushing, like, really, really thick, black, heavy smoke, take a line in with you. You can fight your way to that back room. Put your yeah. line between the fire and the, you know, potential, you know, uh, what about tenable space, right? Yeah. So, I mean... Y- for me, I used to be a big proponent of going without water, but I've kind of recently realized that sometimes you have to have the water or yep. else you're doing like what Gerald said. Yeah. Like you don't want to commit suicide, right? You don't want yeah. to put guys in a spot where, you know, you're you're ninety percent Yeah. You know, you're ninety percent failure rate. To me, take a line in with you, have guys who can flow and go, right? Yeah. Because as long as you have in theory, as long as you have water, as long as you have a nozzle open, you in theory you can't get flashed on. Right, yeah. as long as I've got a nozzle up into the thermal layer, Hopefully. cooling off all the air. Yeah. yeah, if yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, if it's so hot that it's it flashes anyway, even yeah, though I got 160 GPM going yeah. up in the thermal layer, I shouldn't be in there anyway, right? Like yeah. you're gonna know beforehand. See, and, and there's some, oh sorry, uh, there's some other stuff that's coming up. I was looking at cultural wise, and it's kind of making the resurgent the the whole circle that we talk about in the fire service all the time. And I saw it, and it's really neat. The guys are trying to bring it back and train on it. Because, um, you know, sometimes we get, it. it's not really countering your argument, Brandon. It's that we've gotten so focused on we have to have certain things with us that we've yeah. started doing that and we didn't open yeah. our minds to other things. But if I have a single involved room, like a room in contents, uh, and the most amazing thing in the world is door control. And I'm not talking about the front door. I'm talking about to the fire room. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, dude, you can put out a fire with just closing the door. I think uh, two takeaways I've got is uh, with this comment is one, um, don't set yourself up for hard and fast rules. Yeah. Like don't say that 
Don't don't fall in the trap of this is the way we're going to do it every single time. It has to be. You have try to try Get away to think from the plan. A. Yeah, yeah. You have multiple plans because you're going to show up to different scenarios and it's going to require different things. So don't have like a hard and fast like every single time we do this one thing. And then two, get good at searching with the hose line. Yeah. Because if if you can haul balls with the hose line, take it with you. Yeah. Train so where you're performing that search with that hose line and there'd be no reason not to have it. Yeah. And if you can Hell get man, quick wet. and you yeah. get good at flowing and going and stuff like that, yeah. then yeah. it's just another tool you have inside the structure. Yeah. Yeah, man. The twenty foot or the forty foot webbing you can tie off to the hose line and go search a Yep. Search a room. Yeah. No. You know, for an atypical structure. Yep. yep. Um, you know, Cody said it, man. It's semper gumby, always flexible. Nope. Don't always. don't have hard and set. Like this is the way we always do it. No, yeah. because I mean that's what we're fighting yeah. right now. Yeah. This is the way we've always done it. This is the way yeah. we've always done it. Yeah. Be flexible. Be adaptable. Have yeah. multiple ways of doing something and use pull that tool out for the job. Yep. Job. Don't use a hammer whenever you need a screw gun. You know, you know, I talked about this that that last time, man. It kind of goes into it. Is you know, you can talk about what you're going to do all day, but until that parking brake hits and you're staring at it, yep. you have no idea. Because it, everything's condition based for us, man. Mm-hmm. That's why that, that's why training's so hard. Yep. Oh, when you man. don't have real fire and smoke, yep. is because what's my imagination telling me? Yep. <laughs> is this thing like rolling over the top of our heads yeah, and fingering yeah. out the windows, or is it just well, like wispy smoke? Yeah. I, I don't know. Yep. But then again, good point on that. Don't get pl- complacent in training, guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, move with a purpose. Uh, if, act like it's. It's the real deal because if you're trading like it's the worst fire ever, yeah. Then whenever you get these little jobs, because you can ask my drivers whenever I throw them through the gauntlet, <laughs> I throw them through that gauntlet and it just destroys them. Then when they get to a structure fire, they're like, "That's it, easy. That's yeah. it. Oh yeah. yeah, because we trained for yeah. the most chaos yeah. you'll ever see in your my, life." My first structure yeah. that I ever pumped was a commercial fire, <laughs> but that was after we did the gauntlet, and, and I was you're like, like, "This is right. it." I mean, it's it's just get water, get water down the line. That's what I do here. Yeah. Get water, find more water. Yeah. Train the way you're going to fight, and then and don't, so you don't end up reacting in, yeah, in panic. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because when you don't have a plan and you haven't trained on it, and you get hit in the face with that call, yep. it, that is all anybody does. They revert back to the level of the training and they panic. Yep. Yep. And they go, I don't know what to do. Yep. Agreed. Have we killed that one? I think we, we got it. it. Have it's we effectively killed that? It's good. So hopefully that one's good for you, buddy. Yeah. Let us know. Yeah, let us know and tell us that we're wrong and stupid. Let us know and we'll and get back. And he's like, "I'm a truckie. I don't want yeah, to we'll get back to you uh, next we'll get May. back to you in next six months. <laughs> yeah, six <laughs> months. Nope, next May, man. We only respond to you yeah. whenever you send it. Yeah, if you uh, no. if you comment in May, then by November we'll get to you. Yeah, yeah, maybe. All right. So next one, we have Chad Hand. Huh, that's a good name, Chad Hand. This may be far out there, but what about recruitment of the young generation and helping them become the service's best generation? Hmm. Our issue in my area, rural with 19 combo stations, good background, is we can't seem to recruit any young guys. We just keep robbing from neighboring departments, and basically that's all of our hiring pool is current (laughs) older, older staff just bouncing station to station. What can we do to make the fire service an appealing job in today's generation? Is it possible? Ooh. Here's my idea on that. Yeah. And it is possible, yes. 
you have to create a culture in your fire department that people see outside of it. Yep. It has to be something that's not just only internal but external. Mm-hmm. It has to be something that younger guys are seeing and they want to be a part of. Now you say, how, how do I do that? Yeah. Okay, well, social media is a huge thing. You could put videos out there, and, and I'm not just talking about cheesy recruitment videos or anything like that. I mean, that, like but well, Stockton is a good example. Man, you yeah. put a 19-year-old kid in front yeah. of Stockton's yeah. videos, guess like, what? He's signing like, up yeah, the next day. I'm yeah. going to Stockton. He's yeah. signing up the next day. Yeah. Firemen want to be firemen. Guys, whenever they come into the fire service, want to be firefighters. So you got to ask yourself, what kind of culture are you portraying? Yeah. Is, it, is it something that is going to grab those young guys and that they want to be a part of? Or do they come and do a station... Um, Tour. tour and they're looking around and they're like man this place this place is dying i don't want yeah. to be part of this yeah and yeah. it's just a culture that you have to build internally and externally and internally is a lot more difficult internally you got to deal with the culture that's already been created yeah you got to deal with the ideas and mentalities and the way we've always done it and change those things on that level and that's a whole different beast it can be done though i guarantee yeah. you it can be done yep and but to make the uh, for the for the comments' sake, to get the younger guys there, you have to be engaged and getting out there to them. Yeah. If you're not going to high schools and talking with guys and showing them videos and letting them look at the trucks and telling them about the job, if you're not being proactive, they're not. Don't expect them to just to show up one day. Yeah. You know, you yeah. might get three or four guys in a year show up to your department and be like, "Hey, I'm gonna." I want to see what you guys are all about. Yeah. But you got to be proactive and get out there and get your name and show them what you're about. Yeah. Make it something that they want to be a part of, too. Agreed. Well, that's part of the, you know, all of that summarizes, you know, have good culture. You know, have have good culture. Yeah. You know, when you're out in public, you know, it's important that people see, uh, you know, you having fun with your shift. Oh, yeah. Right? It's important that people see that when they drive past us on the road, we are squawking rubber chickens out of our fire truck windows so, yeah, that does because happen. it's hilarious, right? Like and they, they see love that it. And they see that and they're like, "Dude, firemen got the best job." And we're ever. sitting there and we're responding, yes. and we got Metallica blaring. Yes, yeah. And like that dude, the dude with the that little dude, surfer that, dude, yeah, that dude, he was like, "Yeah, he was okay. like, yeah, yeah." It was awesome. Just sitting there head banging the Metallica yeah, it's, and it's, stuff. It's stuff like that, you know. Yeah. People see us having a good time. People seeing us out and about driving the trucks around. Like, don't don't be pinned up at your house all the time. And I know certain departments have rules. Especially during COVID and all that. Well, especially like if you're a combi department too, like you might only have, you know, one or two paid guys at your station and the rest of the station might be manned by, you know, 12, 14, 15, 50 volunteers who should show up to that statement or that station. So I guess because I I actually, and Gerald did too, but I volunteered with a rural station Mm -hmm. uh, for a little while. And, you know, the the thing, the appeal to me was, was always... This is going to sound really like self-defeating, but the appeal to me was just being a fireman. And I think I think a lot of guys have that kind of initial pool. They're like, "Hey, being a fireman might be kind of cool," but like when you get out there and you really show them what what it is and like Cody said, you know, go to their high schools and and put out videos and don't make it like don't make it super cheesy, right? Like a little bit of cheese is useful, right? Oh, that's yeah. why it's that's why it's cheesy, right? Cuz it's a little bit helpful, but like go and show these people like you can do this job you know you can if you want to be a fireman you can be a fireman right it just takes a little bit of work i'm a good example of that i i wanted to be a fireman i didn't think i could take it right but then i went to the fire academy 
and I graduated and I got hired and now I'm just like, how could I ever do any other job? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's just kind of one of those things. I think I think the last last thing I'd say on that would be get rid of the preconceived notions of what the next generation is or isn't. Yeah. Um, because I dealt with a ton of that coming up in the army and the fire service and man every older generation hates the younger generation for whatever stupid reason but it has nothing to do with anything Mm -hmm. people are individuals and you don't know a thing about them until you actually give them the opportunity to show you what they're about Mm -hmm. so just lumping them in that they're they're self-absorbed with set with technology and they don't know how to talk or any yeah, you're, that's completely self-defeating. That's already treating somebody bad. That if you're having trouble retent with retention and recruitment, why are we running guys off just because of a number and that number being their age? Yep. Hmm. You know, we can teach anybody to be a great fireman. Most of the time, there are some people you're going to come across that that just don't work out. And all of that stuff, but don't let it harden your heart to teaching anybody else because we've all had people yep. that we invested in that we were disappointed when they didn't work out. Yep. And that's okay. Because that just means you were into it, you were actually trying or whatever. Give that to somebody else and give them a chance. Even if it happens again, you have to keep your heart out there, you have to keep inviting, and you have to keep the yep. willingness to teach them. Because once you lose that, you're never going to retain yeah. anybody. Well, no, there's something. I think. I think there's. I think Gerald's 100 percent right. I think Cody's right too. I, I'm trying to list off some more tangible things just for the sake of trying to really round out the the answer that we're given yeah. here. Like some more tangible things that I could think of are like invite people to your trainings. You know, invite yeah. the public to a training every now and then. Be like, hey. You know, come watch us throw ladders. You know, come watch us set up water supply. If yeah, it doesn't have to be anything crazy. Yeah, throw come ladders. Wa- yeah, come watch us put down drop tanks. You know, watch. You know, come see what we do. Flow some water. Yeah, and then yeah. You, you flow some water with some kids. Exactly. Yeah, yeah you, know? Let, you know, let some kids come and play and stuff like that. And you know, while you're there, if you see, if you see guys that are, you know, high school or young college guys, and you're like, hey, you interested in the fire service or anything? You know, I always tell the guys that we hire, I'm like, you just won the lottery, dude. Like, you've been hired at the best job in the world, and if you don't do anything stupid, you'll have this job the rest of your career. Yep. And, like, and it's funny because they almost don't know what to say to that because I, I don't think they've really thought about it. Like, you know, they, they're interested in the job, but then when you get hired and you start doing the job, you're like, this actually is the greatest job on earth. Like, yeah. It's, it's amazing. And, and they kind of fall into that. So some more tangible things would be something like that. You know, invite people, you know, to a training every now and then, you know, Put up videos on YouTube. Make a, make a YouTube video for your station. Have somebody chase you around to fires and take pictures. You know, yeah. you know, hi, you know, hire some high school schmuck photographer who's taking a photography class and be like, yeah. hey, you're gonna have way cooler pictures than anyone else in your yeah. whole class. Just chase us around for like a month and take pictures of us at jobs. Like yep. that's yeah. it's just little things like that. You and know? the the only side note I'd put to that is be ready. If you're gonna put yourself out there, there are a ton mm-hmm. of mutts and haters out there yeah. that are gonna try to belittle you and put you down. Yep. Don't worry about that. You're not there for them. Yep. Yeah. Don't feed into it. And the best thing you can do as a member of the organization, because I've learned this the hard way and others have too, don't engage them. If they're yep. going to talk crap on your YouTube videos, on your whatever media that you post on, let them talk. Yeah. Don't engage yep. with them because, you know what, we are professionals. We're better than that, and they don't know nothing because they're not there with you. That's yep. right, man. And another thing uh, just to think about whenever you're doing these kind of public engagements and stuff is 
think about who you have speaking. Because I've seen it where we have gone to some schools and we have some guys who probably shouldn't have been the ones involved. And they just try to scare the guy, you know? Like, cool, you've run all these crazy calls and you've done this stuff, but, you know, this this dude's not even in the fire service. He doesn't need to hear any of that kind of yeah. stuff. You know, that's part of the job, yeah. And whenever he starts the actual training and stuff, he's going to get that knowledge in the academy that, yeah, you're going to run some bad stuff. Yeah. But don't try to, like, show your package here to yeah. some high school kid and yeah. you know yeah. how super awesome you are i've ran on 10 dead babies tell, in tell, a, yeah. and a family killed on a highway and it's like yeah th- thanks thanks dude. you just yeah. run a guy off tell him how freaking yeah. awesome this job is tell him about the yeah. brotherhood tell him about this is something that you that's bigger than yourself you're part of a team you're part of another family that kind of stuff is what people are after <laughs> don't send the guy up there that doesn't live the creed yeah Woo. who so, only lives for himself yeah yeah just uh just watch that buddy Sweet. How how long have we been going? Oh, not very, dude. Oh, really? We're just just keep. Oh, it we're going. good, man. Just keep we're it good. going. I just want to make sure. Just keep it going, bro. Dang, man. We we're this is actually pretty fun, man. We should do this more often. This I like is a it. good. This yeah. is a good cop out episode. I like them. Yep. <laughs> just work. You're just copping out. Do work is now making. It. Yeah. You know how like you put you put enough money into like a stock or something, and it starts like making its own money. Yeah, that's like what we've done here. Yeah, so do work is now. Is yeah, except now for you know, do work is now yeah. fueling itself. Seven months old. Yeah, we, don't, we don't talk about that. We're gonna be better, guys. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. So we have Dirk Janiak. If I said that wrong, sorry, bro. Your name sucks. Um, not sure if this affects everybody, but why and when did engine trucks become the jack of all trades by sacrificing its primary function? Hose beds are so high that you need fall arrest, for example. I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. Stay safe, brothers. Keep up the great work. Man. Um, okay, who know, who knows what an engine truck is? What we have? Okay. Are you are you talking about a Quint? Are you talking See, about that, like an engine? I'm with talking a, about an engine with all the truck stuff on it. See, I, about think, a, a I think a pumper he, that has yeah. a hook and a ladder. Yeah. No, I, no. I believe he's talking about a pumper. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So instead of having like two separate functions, like a ladder company, and then having an engine, you have one company that does both. So you're not necessarily talking about the apparatus itself. You're talking about the function of the company on the engine. Well, the the truck cities have done this thing where like hybrid engines, like rescue engines, stuff like Mm -hmm. that, where they're putting more functions onto where. Traditionally, if you go back in the fire service, a pumper truck was a pumper truck. It had one reason to be in this world, and that yep. was to yeah. fight fire. And yep. you had ladder company. Yeah. They yeah. had the ladder. They that's had right. the stick. Yeah. They did and the they rescue. And they had no water. Yeah. Correct. But I think see, that's what he's getting after. If it's not, let us know. Yeah, if, we, if you're talking Quint, you need to like redo that. <laughs> but we love you anyway. Because <laughs> we're schmucks the same way, yeah, dude. We're right. stupid. So, like, the, so, the, so the question here is... The, is why are engines just so over i because i've heard this argument before about pumpers is they're just so cumbersome they carry way too much crap and they've gotten away from their primary i I disagree i disagree there because like so many cities so many cities uh so let's say you're a big city right you've got pumpers let's say you're a big city staffing's not really a problem you have the taxpayer base you can buy apparatus when you need it it's not really that big a deal you're in a big city you run engines okay and you run trucks you know, typically, your engine is going to have, you know, a huge majority of your engine is going to be fire suppression, and it's going to be EMS, right? Yeah. And then your truck 
might have EMS on it, but your truck is going to be, you know, your trucky stuff like your roof work, your ladders, your hooks, your, your, you know, your pipe poles, that kind of thing. It's going to have forcible entry stuff on it, and it's going to have vehicle extrication tools, right? Because a lot of trucks run to a 1050s. Now, if, if you're in a city that's not a big city and you can't do that, like, you have to be pretty big oh, yeah. to do that sort of thing. So if you're us, yeah. you simply cannot staff two apparatus. And, like, for our, for us, I see our pumper as an 80% pumper and a 20% truck, if I had to assign categories, because it does have trucky stuff on it. It does have uh, light vehicle extrication tools, right? Like, we, we can't do the same things we can do if we were to roll our actual truck to a 1050. But to me, like, I can't see any other option for a city that's kind of like our size. Yeah. There's not much else you can do unless you're going to staff, you know, one of those little guy rescue trucks. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So you can you can run an engine to a 1050, and you can have a schmuck follow you in one of those little guy rescue trucks. Like a, like a booster like, or something. Yeah, like yeah. it's like yeah. a booster, but instead of the instead of the uh, what's it called the skid instead of the skid being like grass fire it's stuff, box. it's it's a boxes, right? Yeah. And like I could see that, but then you're taking a guy off the pumper to put on that. Like if you're us, you're three deep on a pumper, basically all the time, and so it's just not feasible for us to run multiple apparatus. Now we would love to be doing that. Yeah, but like. Yeah. Maybe this guy's in a, in a place where they do that, where they're running six guys on a pumper ladder. And well, if, if that's the case, if we're running six guys on a pumper ladder, yeah, yeah, take three of those dudes off and put them on the truck. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yeah. We, I think I think the only thing I can say is in the 15, 16 years or whatever I was in the fire service, the amount of equipment we carried on a pumper changed drastically. It went from mostly fire suppression to now carrying a bunch of this other stuff, yeah. and it incorporated a bunch of other stuff. But it was mostly cost savings measures. Yep, uh, that's for, the only thing I can think yeah, of for it counties now. and municipalities to try to get one more out of one package instead yep. of having multiple. Because I mean, if you got to buy a six hundred fifty thousand dollar apparatus, I mean, yeah. uh, upwards to you know one and a yeah. half million. Yeah, then you're going to try to get the most bang out of your buck. Well, exactly. yeah, and you don't have to stat like it's it's about the money all the way around. That's absolutely the end all discussion here because, yeah. like, again, in the ideal scenario, money is not a constraint, and if money is not a constraint, then you have you know three guys on a truck, and yeah. that truck is outfitted like a truck, yeah. and you have three or four guys on a pumper, and it's outfitted like an engine. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's it's obviously, I mean, everything's about the money. Yeah. I think I think cost wise, I've seen some really dumb stuff like every pumper in the city having calves yeah. or some stuff like that. Class B foam capable, and yeah. you know I think in areas you should probably have that. I think that's utilizing your money better. But as far as like, but then the other side of the the dang sword is my my whole fleet's the same. So if this rig goes down, I don't I have can to worry about one. it. Yep. Yeah, I, so I, I mean it's man. It's just it's uh, it's adapt or die. Yeah, it, it's it's just multiple know, different things, yeah, and it all boils down to money. Yeah, fire service moves forward, and NFPA says we got to carry this thing now, and that's what we do. Yep. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm curious about one particular part of that comment, and maybe it's just What's that? something I'm not very familiar with because maybe we're just not in the right area the to know beds? about it. The hose bed being high thing. Like, the only low hose beds I can think of are your, like, dead load hose beds. And we just don't run those here. Like, we've yeah. got dead load in the back of our pumpers. But it's we run pre-connects. And the thing is, yeah. is, like, what's funny is I'm almost having trouble seeing the connect between having a high hose bed and running a, a engine truck, like you said. Yeah. I'm not sure I quite understand the, the connection there. Well, like, the, you know, uh, the hose bed being yeah. tall. The, the hose bed is tall because we're carrying 1,000 gallons in the tank. Right? Like. Well, the reason FDNY has those little shorty hose beds is because they have tiny tanks. 
Well, they started, uh, well, the rescue sides for the apparatus box, mm-hmm. the higher sides, it was for more equipment to yeah. add more stuff to the truck and stuff okay. like that. That added more height to the hose bed or can potentially, you can still have rescue sides without a high hose yeah. bed, but typically they raise that up. Then you got your, through the tank ladders, you have your rear compartment. Sometimes there's a dump back there. I mean, there, so there's about 10,000 okay. reasons why you'd have a high hose bed, but most yeah. of it. Uh, primarily, it comes down to how much water you carry is yep. how high your hose beds and how big you want your truck too. Because That's we right. look at new engine one, yeah. we got rid of the uh, pump the, panel up yeah, there the top and put out. it on the side. Yeah, and now we've got a shorter truck, yeah. but the cross legs had to be raised. Yeah, yeah, to adapt. Yeah. So, it, it multiple different things come yeah. into play. And yes, unfortunately, we adapt and overcome. Yeah, and just. I mean, biggest thing I can say is it's it's about spec and it's about your committee. If you guys are looking at something, buy what you want to buy because there's every manufacturer out there yeah. makes like ten thousand different yeah, variants. It's, it's of this all stuff. custom. It's all cu- if you're buying yeah. a new apparatus, you're yeah. buying custom. You know what I'm saying? Like do what you're comfortable with. People like low hose beds. People like high hose beds. People like rescue pumpers. People like top mount pumps. It's just it's all preference and. I don't know how else to beat that dead horse. But if we didn't answer you que- your question, please get back to us and let us we'll know, man. Not- we'll try to yeah beat it some more. Yeah, because we're stupid. Yep, like yes. we told you a little. You know this. Yeah, you know. Do we want to break for a minute? No. No. Okay. <laughs> well, you were like moving weird. Nope. You're t- He's a fidgeter. I do that. Okay. Yeah. So, so Andrew Jones hand raised six months ago. Hello. So we're gonna let him like yeah. it. you. You, 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 you oh, in the back. I, I didn't know what you mean. Like you've had your hand, hand raised, raised for a he, he, like he, a little emoji with his hand up in the air. Yeah, he has like hand raised <laughs> written out. Okay, okay. Oh, okay, okay. I see. <laughs> oh, this is a salty one. Heck yeah, this is gonna be good. Yes. Okay. Why one fire truck <laughs> brand is better than the other fire <laughs> truck brand? I'd like to. And why Rosenbummer sucks? <laughs> okay. I would like to defer yeah. this question to Gerald. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I'd love to be a guest to discuss how no... Oh, well, I didn't read that part. Sorry, bro. Maybe we'll have you on, though. <laughs> what brand you get, the the spec is more important than the manufacturer in terms of what you ask for and receive, not hmm. build quality. Hmm. And then it just kind of goes back and forth. Oh, yeah. And then this is the one I responded to on there where they had that ladder truck that was carrying that great white shark. And I was like, what is the tip load on this bad boy? <laughs> Like, is there any ladder truck that has a like two ton tip load? I think ours is a thousand pounds, right? Yeah, yeah. Sharks are way well, heavier. Than and this was a pounds. yeah, this was a rear mount, like straight stick. <laughs> ours I mean, is a platform. I mean, if you're, I mean, let's be real. <laughs> if you have the chance to pick a shark up with your truck, like <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm, I'm right, chasing it. True. Yeah, it's worth okay. getting fired if it tips yeah, over. Like okay. <laughs> like it's Listen, I'm game. Well, it's like <laughs> you're fired. You're like, why? They're yeah. like, because you picked up a shark with yeah. the ladder. You're like, and you wouldn't. Yeah. And you wouldn't do that. Well, the you most told me you wouldn't do they'd that. They'd be like, yes, yeah. yes, I would. Yeah. <laughs> Chief, we had to. We had to, okay? Yeah. Chief, what were the real options yeah. here? Answer yeah. the question. The, the most realistic movie of them using a ladder truck was Volcano, where Tommy Lee Jones, they're Ooh. on the tip, and they snap the tip off because there was two people bouncing on the end of this tip. And I was like, Sweet. yep, that was dumb. Yep. <laughs> anyway, man... Why no fire truck brand is better than other fire truck brands? Honestly, Pierce for nothing. Yeah, yeah, that's what Cody says. No free ads. <laughs> no free ads. No free ads. Um, 
they they all have their pluses and minuses, and mainly what it comes down to is who can take care of you. Who, who, can, who can get you a hat yeah, first? Yeah, who can get you a hat first? Because that's Cody's main driving factor. Pierce got me a hat before. He's not even wearing a hat. Well, not right now, but they got me a fire department hat before the other schmucks. Yeah. So guess what? They yeah, they did. I'm a loyal supporter now. Uh, yeah. Really, for me, it's Q never rode one, but that's fine. Yeah, and it's not a real fire truck. You're basically <laughs> buying an ambulance if it doesn't have a Q siren. That's, that's exactly right. How many Qs yeah. can I get? Can I have a rear facing one? Yeah. Uh, and you think I mean like on the tailboard rear facing? Yeah. I don't. I want it on the front bumper facing my seat. Yeah. Like when I give it to other people, I want it just. I want one in the cab. I just. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. I get one on the in the cab, please. One now. in the cab. Pointed right at me. Oh, you just. <laughs> Right in front of the windshield. Right in the middle of the windshield. <laughs> yeah. Just pointed right at my it's head. It's dangerous, but, you know, yeah. I do love Q-Siren. <laughs> Honestly, uh, for your question, man, it's who can who can service your truck? Who can take care of your equipment? Who's predominant in the area because... It's all the same parts yeah. and pieces. Oh, dude, they don't make a Pierce <laughs> Allison transmission. They don't make a Spartan Cummins tra- uh, engine. I mean, it's, it's all the same parts and pieces. They're all assembled and badged by different places. And the main thing is, is can they take care of you? Because your shop customer service, man. Yeah, if your if your shop is two states away, where you got to send this truck to get worked on, that's not really helping out. Yeah, you know, I can't yeah. say I've ridden in E ones, I've ridden in a Pierce, Spartans, Ferrara. Yeah, Ferraras. They're all great trucks. They just they all have their individual quirks on what I prefer in a brand compared to some of the other ones i can tell you that uh, spartans suck because uh they get stuck in about three feet of mud <laughs> yeah that's the truck's fault it is that it gets yeah, stuck in three feet. i would like yeah. to point out that that mud snow button yeah it does nothing in three foot of mud but in its yeah. defense though yeah, it did, did get us quite a you know it got us a lot farther than i thought it would we brandon we decided really to get us stuck i floored it for okay. hours yeah. in like a mud minutes. hole yeah. <laughs> That was like one time back when I was working yeah. for a particular fire truck company. The fire truck we were selling was a piece of garbage because one of the stations across town had one, and they hit a curb at 30 miles an hour and deployed the airbags. But you can't do that? No. No. i got to slow down when I hit curbs. Yeah, like, they, all they did was bump a curb. I bet they ranched it. We don't know anything 30. about that. I bet, they, I bet they sent that thing like airborne. <laughs> They're like, all right, we'll tell them we just bumped the curb. We'll we tell get, them we, we bumped the dog. curb. Yeah. But no hate. You, you told us the story. You know who I'm talking about. We still love you. <laughs> we still love you. Yeah, for me, I think for me, the yeah. biggest thing is like, if you're paying three quarter million dollars for a fire truck. Yeah. Which most of them are, yeah. Because right? yeah. if you're buying new, you're buying a custom. Let's be real. Oh yeah. Right. Well, you should be. If you're paying three, if you're paying six hundred seven hundred eight hundred two million dollars if you're buying a brand new ladder truck right like almost if you're some of them if you're getting a custom rig and you're paying that kind of money and it has anything less than top-notch parts and top-notch build quality you need to not accept it yeah <laughs> right because like if it comes to you and the welds look like garbage yeah. Right. Let's say the welds are terrible, and they just took a grinder to them just to hide them. Like you shouldn't be accepting that rig. Like, no. That's just my opinion, and I don't have a lot of experience in that field. But to me, like, if I'm paying yeah. you that much money for a rig, and I know there's a there's got to be a massive upcharge in there somewhere, because yeah. I can buy I can buy an 18 wheeler tractor 
for a hundred grand. You know what I'm saying? So I know you can build, you can build a, a, you can build a vehicle that large without it having to cost 700 grand. Yeah. And I realize that it's, you know, it's a, it's a highly customized thing and lots of guys have to work on it. But I'm saying like, if you're going to, if the, if the company wants to make their money and they want to yeah. super upcharge me for that kind of thing and they, they have every right to do so because people keep buying it or this, they would drop the price. Right. Yep. But it, it has to be for me, if it's not top notch and what do you like? I'm not taking the rig, you know what I'm no. saying? Like, fix this. And it's got to come with customer service, man. That's That was a yes. huge thing. That's why we went with uh, the, the company that we did, No Free Edge. Yep. No Free and, Edge. Uh, this episode was, brought to you by... Chimkin. Chimkin. This episode brought to you by Chimkin. But, yeah, the uh, the customer service was a big thing for us. So that uh, The reason we went with yep. the company we did. Uh, just to, just to, the... The care after the sale, yeah, you know that's that's a huge thing too. And you got to have guys who are in your state somewhere around that can yeah. come and work on it whenever something happens. Yeah, that's, that's been really helpful for us. We had a couple a couple of tizzies, yeah, every now and then. And like the guy will show up in a fleet truck like the next day or that afternoon. That's like they that's got a really, guys. That's a really big a, deal in dude. a plane coming exactly. You know, and, and you know because if you're a chief and you're and you're considering your options here, you're like okay, like my number one priority here is to keep rigs on the road. Yep. Like yep. So if one company, like Gerald said, if a company is 800 miles from you, and even if they send a fleet truck your way the second you call them, yeah. you know that truck is still going to take a full day, yeah. a day and a half just to get to you. You know what I'm saying? That's just, you know, it's just something to consider. Oh, yeah. And make sure when you're specking, you do pre-delivery inspection and all of that oh, stuff yeah. where you go up and see it before it comes all the way down. I've heard... Many horror stories of trucks showing up wrong and things wrong with them. And then they're like, oh, well, you signed the paperwork that said it arrived. So, like, eat it. You suck. <laughs> so, yeah, let's not have any of that. But hope we answered your question for you, man. Uh, next one. Christian Ray Orozco. Wow. What up, boy? <laughs> Woo! What a dude. You forgot to add... The do work signature Trump impersonations in the ramblings. Ha ha, you guys suck. All right, you know what we do, okay? All right, I don't Thank want to you. hear about it. I, I like that that's it. our number one, yeah. like, people know about us. That's the number one thing people, it's not that we, like, have great fire service minds or that we have good insight. It's no, like, we're those just guys retarded. do some good Trumps. Yeah, yeah. we're just dumb. Like, no, we're, yeah, just we're dumb. Retarded. People like us. Yeah. I would like to hear this topic discussed. <laughs> If you could change or add some basic firefighter information into, say, IFSTA or Jones and Bartlett <laughs> textbooks that you wished you'd learned the first time, what would they be and why? I know. Big B. Easy. Is it Nozzle you go ahead. Ford? Nozzle Ford. You know, there's there's always that. There's yeah. Nozzle Ford. There's Nozzle Ford. And then there's uh, there's, a, there's a huge thing about pumping trucks, you know? <laughs> I know that's uh, an equipment operator, and they've got IFSTA um, pumping app- apparatus operator. And, Ask uh, me how much I learned from Ariel. that book. <laughs> but that book has got it so crazy. You you have to learn it one way, and you learn the book's me- method and all that, and then you're if you're like me at my department whenever yeah. I was trying to go through it, I was learning their way, which was completely jacked up too. So I've got these two um, trains of thought going on. I've got IFSTA's insane amount of like 600-something pages of all this just 
It's about it's, foam. Yeah, it's it's, it's insane. It's all about foam. It's too much. And then I've got my department when they're like, yeah, just hit the button, bro. You'll be fine. Just hit yeah. that preset, bro. Yeah, hit that preset. I'm just like, I'm like, yeah, but there's, there's more, right? There's more than that. No, no. You yeah. No, no, that's all the you way, do. way we always do it. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. okay, well, you know, that's not right. So if they could just add just a little bit more of just, just basic calculations of friction loss, basic pumping stuff. So whenever a guy's going through the academy or, you know, whatever, they at least hit that up a little bit, and then they can have something to refer to back instead of being just overwhelmed with the equipment operator book whenever they get it. Yeah. And that, that kind of scares guys. I can see whenever we got a new guy trying to step up or we've got uh, a new equipment operator, somebody fixing studying for the test, they see this, they see this book and they're like, holy crap, yeah. this is so much information to have. But then I can spend 30 to 45 minutes talking with this guy, and he's learned yeah. 20 times more from that yeah. conversation than he did from that book. Yep. Agreed. 100%. Yeah. Pump calculations. Yeah. Pump calculation. Understanding what you're doing yes. at the pump. Yeah. I think the, the thing I would add would be in bold letters. It, it would be in the index. It'd be in bold letters, though, and like gold leafed border and stuff like that. And it says generations, <laughs> age, and time on the job have nothing to do with fighting fire. Ooh. That'd be a good one. That yep. should be like I think front page. That's a boy. Front, just boom. Yeah, that's just right that's there. That's in the preface, dude. Yeah, yeah. That's in the preface. Yeah, just yep. in the preface. Just spell it out there. Uh, you know. And maybe something about like a little bit of behavioral health type stuff of, sure. you know, uh, not being so crazy. Uh, I'm trying to think of what I'm trying to say. And it's, it's rough. Because there's so much in that stupid little topic right there. Yeah, that's almost like an entire class in and of itself. Yeah. Maybe that no. shouldn't be in the. Maybe that should be like a. Well, isn't that should be like a training on it? You know how we have yeah. to get courage to be safe and stuff like that. Yeah. Maybe there should be some sort of class. You take like an eight-hour class or something like that. Yeah. Where you learn how to detect mental health and people around you. You learn. Oh how no, to... I'm talking about like behavioral health. How to be a successful rookie oh, firefighter. Okay. Well, totally to... different then. You know, not to get lost on some of the stuff that it's okay to ask questions and all of this stuff, yeah. and that I think that's okay be, not to know. Yeah, I think there should be a nice chapter like yeah. at the beginning, like a nice a nice uh, ninety page yeah. Brunicini introduction. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, nice like, nine, uh, short, just, you know, short for like Brunicini. Short little introduction, <laughs> and uh, it it should be it should cover from A to Z, like. You're not going to know everything, like yeah. you were saying. Yeah, you're you're going to learn, but this is what you should expect. Also, yes. Here's what the fire service culture should look like. Here's what culture is. Yeah. Here's what teamwork is and team building That's and true. group dynamics yep. and how to be a successful yeah. member of a team. Yep. Yeah. And uh, you know, because they just don't teach that stuff anymore, man. And you know, as the new guy coming in, it's real intimidating. Uh, you can, of course, the people who are already on the job, you have a responsibility to be welcoming. Yes. It, we, we play games. We have a little bit of fun. We kind of 
chip at the block a little bit, you know, but you still have to be welcoming. They still oh, have yeah. to feel like this is a place they belong. But, you know, you don't have to powder their butt Yeah, or I'm not saying like coddle that. the guy, yeah, but, but I'm also saying don't run him off either. Yeah, like he's... Just because you want to be a dick. Yeah, he's given the shot. I, I mean, he's trying. And, yeah. you know, he comes in, but he has to understand, you know, the captain's a, a mean, rough and gruff captain or something like that. You know, a little bit uh, sharp on the edges. You know, and like kind of yells at him over something stupid, you know, just because, and he wasn't really yelling. He was just being loud. Yeah. And, you know, the understanding that as the new firefighter, go to your senior firefighter, the, the man above you, and then ask, you know, was that out of the norm for the cap? You know, what's going on here? Does the cap already hate me? And, you know, really teach that, that whole level of responsibility for mentorship. Yeah. Mentorship is what should be in there. Yeah. Of that you're taking the guy under your wing, directly underneath you, and being like, hey, man, Cap doesn't hate you. He's just a rough guy, man. And he'll yep. get to know you, and you guys will get along fine. You just screwed up, and he got a little loud. That's it, man. Yeah, but, mentorship would be a huge one. That yeah, would be awesome. Mentorship would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think last thing, if I could just add real quick. No, is, uh, oh, yeah, because you're not a part. No, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, you yeah. just sit there, and you be quiet. <laughs> you sit there and shut up. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think I think... Uh, maybe the first part of the book before you sort of get into anything, there needs to be a preface that says like you are here for these people, for them. Like yeah. we exist for these people. Every aspect of my job, I mean, from topping out bar oil on a chainsaw when I don't feel like topping out the bar oil on a chainsaw, I might have to cut a roof later. And that roof, That'd that be roof pretty hole, important. That yeah, that roof hole might mean the difference in someone living or dying. And like okay. that's, people. It's so it's so easy to get complaint. I'm only like three years on the job basically at this point and like even in myself i have to battle complacency like it, it the smallest things like making sure my little pull rope that i have on the ldh on the back of the truck making sure that i climb up there every morning and i make sure that pull rope is low enough that our short firemen can reach it yeah. you know it, yeah. it's little stuff like that like it, it's that daily reminder that we need that like you're not yes we have the greatest job on earth yeah. But you're not the only reason you have that job is to provide service for these people. And, and, and then write in it in like in like a block you know says <laughs> you weren't drafted. Yeah. Yeah. You, you chose you, this. you yeah. chose this job. Yeah. Be about this job. Yeah, or get out. Or get out. Yeah, or get out. Yeah. It's you it's, know I mean you, you weren't drafted to, they, to be here. They should have a tear out spot at the very first of the book book, right? You first open it up because they do these stupid little advertisements and magazines like that, right? Yeah. But it's tear out, and it's a picture of a check. Yeah. Right. And it says payable up into up and including your life, payable to. Yeah. The citizens. Yeah. You serve. Yeah. Like you should have to sign that damn check, and hand it in. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's you know what just I'm saying. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's just that's just something that really kind of gets me. Is like a lot of guys that yeah. come in, they're like, "Well, this really is the greatest job in the world," and then. Yeah. And then they grow into this complacency, right? And it's yeah. you know, it's it starts small. It starts with not checking your truck the way you're supposed to check it. Well it's like, Well, I checked it two days ago and I know it hadn't rolled since then. I don't care. Yeah, it was right? fine. I don't then. care. The second the second that I need my rip bag and the bottle is half full. Yep. Like and, and a fireman goes down and is killed because you didn't check your rip bag and you're just like, Well, I checked it two days ago and it was full, but you didn't know the crew yesterday trained with it and they didn't fill it up. Like it's it becomes a huge deal at that point in time and like a lot of guys just aren't thinking, you know, you're going to yeah. have to live with a mistake like that forever. And, and, and 
And then you're going to want to go back and change that stupid decision you made. Exactly. And the thing is, is like, and I was thinking about this. I can't remember the context, but I was thinking about this yesterday a lot when we were on shift. It's like, you know, that one little mistake that you made just due to complacency has such enormous weight. It's, it's just not worth, it's not at all worth whatever you're trying to get out of. What's funny is like some guys will do an hour of work to get out of five minutes of work. Oh yeah. It's, it's just incredible to me. It's like, you know, you walk past a candy bar wrapper on the floor a hundred times in one day, yep. right? And then someone sees it and chews you for not picking it up. Now you've got your butt chewed for 10 minutes straight when you could have, like, one of the hundred times you walked past it, you could have just freaking picked the thing up and thrown it in the trash. It's like, you know, we're so good at dodging work. Yeah. And we're so good at, you know, especially in the fire. It's so dangerous in the fire service because, like, how much, how much really am I supervised during the day? Like, it's extremely small. Yeah. Like, how much... I'm not you, on you at all. Exactly. You're not on me ever. But, you know, part of the reason is because you know I'm not being stupid. Right? If, nope. if I was... <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. If, if I was somebody who never did any work... I know work, I was being dumb. <laughs> yeah. If I, if I were someone who never did any work, you'd have to be on me constantly for that. Oh, but yeah. the thing is, is, like, people start taking that for granted. Like, guys get good at hiding. Yeah. And this is such a... This is a much bigger deal than I think we think about. But guys get good at hiding... Guys get good at checking trucks. If you can check an entire ladder truck that has like 10 compartments and like 400 tools on it, and I know you have, you're supposed to climb up on the aerial and check the stuff on the aerial and stuff like that, you can't tell me you've checked that truck if I just watch you do it in three minutes. That, it doesn't happen. No. You're not putting your hands on the tools. You're not checking the little bag that has that little hydraulic the rabbit tool in it. I yep. know you're not working that rabbit tool like you're supposed to be doing. It's, it's just stuff like that, man. Like, Are you checking your valves on your rig? Uh, you know, equipment operators, are you walking around your rig in the mornings and making sure all your all your connections are they hand tight? Yeah. You know, I don't want to have to go look for a spanner. If somebody needs water right now, I don't want to have to go looking for a spanner. You know, well, it's just and you know stuff. that this yeah. it falls really. I mean, it falls down to your leadership. Yeah. yeah. Truly, because if if you got away, or let's say that the firefighters got away with that kind of crap, mm-hmm. and I just allowed it. Yeah, I mean, do you think you would continue being that way, or no. you would kind of fall into it being a schmuck too? Yeah, yeah. If if I allowed those guys to do that, and I didn't hold them to a standard or hold them accountable for their actions, then yeah, they'd schmuck up. And yeah. Yeah. but how I lo- how I love it is that I explain to you my expectations, and if you see somebody doing something like that, you have all the authority to get on them. Yeah. Because guess what? Just like the other day, when our firefighter doesn't do something. Guess whose responsibility is? Yeah. Yours. And it rolls downhill, yeah. right? Yeah. So I'm going to get on you, and yep. then you do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It and, works. Yep. Man. Mm. Had something. You had something? Yeah. Is yeah, it gone? It's, it's one of those days. Is it gone? Gosh. I was looking forward to it. Right? Yeah. Gone. It'll come to you hey, here in about five minutes oh, when yeah. it's completely irrelevant. Oh, yeah. Hey, there, there it is. There it is. There it is. <laughs> well, I mean, one of the worst complacency mistakes uh, I ever did, Cody was there for. We did it. Is it do work? No, I don't oh, know what okay. this is. You remember uh, we were in the reserve. They brought engine one back. And we spent all that time that day swapping everything back over to E1 didn't turn a wheel or anything like that everyone forgot about it and then the next day sea shift ran a fire oh yeah oh yeah yeah but and it we was had a stupid fire we had two brand new schmucks yep and i just got done telling a guy this story this morning because i'll yep. never forget it as long as i live yep. <laughs> we had two new guys 
they're on the job and I had them yep. climb up there and check the water. Yep. They told me it was full. Foam. And they, yep. They looked yep. in the foam. Yep. And I didn't look, so it was my fault. I didn't climb up there and look either. Yep. So, yeah. Complacency, guys. Yeah. Next day, engine ran on a fire. Luckily, it was like a stump in a front yard. Yep. Some crap. But still, still. But still, ran on a fire with no water. None. And mm. of course, nobody noticed. <laughs> no, but like and this it thing's even, driving great today, yeah, guys. Yeah, it even passed their <laughs> pre-day inspection the next day. So because complacency, I'm yeah. You, and it's like, and it, like stuff like that. That's that's critical. You know, it's I can. I'm not gonna. I don't mean what I say here, but like I get it. Yeah, I get it. If you if you might not have physically put your hands on the hazmat adapter because it gets pulled off the truck once every eight years. Yeah, and even if it's not on the truck, like literally anything else would work just as well as that does. So I understand if you're not seeking that thing out for ten for ten minutes a day, but like it's it's the critical things. Like if I go to get in my truck and it won't roll because the brake uh, the air pressure is too low and the brakes locked down, like I'm coming for whoever checked that truck that morning because that's that's critical for me. Oh yeah, you yeah. Know, it's just stuff like that. Oof, that's a good. One. What was the question again? I don't know. Asking about which uh, topic should be in the IFSTA stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was the IFSTA question. <laughs> that one, buddy. Rabbit hole. The rabbit yeah. hole. So, thank yeah, you. That Appreciate that. that. You're welcome, bro. You're welcome. All that bonus content. Bonus. Yeah, they got a ton of it. It's kind of what we do. Mm. I love scotch. Some, some would call it rambling. Some call it bonus content. Yeah, bonus Scotchy content. Sketch, sketch. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Want a break for five? Break for five. Break for five. And cut. And we're back. Oh, we're back. yeah. And we're back from the do work. Secret meeting part two. Part two. Grab the tinfoil hats. It was great. It was amazing. We had to call the other people. <laughs> we, had to, we had to get together. I wonder check on some things. I wonder what it's like not being stupid. I don't know. I wouldn't know. <laughs> Would know it all? It's probably not fun at all. You probably take everything way too seriously. Yeah. You like kiss yourself in the mirror. You probably like, like go that. to college and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> You're probably stupid. educated and successful. I bet they're literate. As Style it's says, stupid. You probably rush home to kiss your dad on the lips. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> what? Gosh. Dang. Wow. Uh, all right, where are we, Gerald? All right. Before we, we left. <laughs> yeah, before we left, we were going through questions. And we have the final question on this thread, right? Okay. And it is from my boy, Blue. <laughs> my boy. Oh, man. So, is it me or are all the women on Ozark badass? Sorry, wrong thread. <laughs> <laughs> At least Rick is a goober like the rest of us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why have we gotten away from estimating stretches and moved towards pre-connects? Whoever said it was better and why? Love this thread. It's huge. huge. It's huge, okay. You, you know, know how tempted I am to give my entire response in the Trump voice. I think it would I think I, I don't know why stuck. you don't. I think I would get stuck there. That's the problem. Yeah. You know, like when you Yeah, you might not be able to break that. You know, when you're yeah. when you're young, your parents tell you that if you cross eye for too long, you'll be stuck. 
Yeah, that's you, what happens if I talk just, to Trump for too long. You need that's to go what happened. That, that yeah. almost happened down at Third Coast. It really <laughs> yeah. did. Like I had to break the habit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're right. On yeah. the way back, on the way we're back, all still talking yeah. to each other. I was like, we're going to have to quit this. It's like, yeah. guys, you know, no one's here but us, right? Like, yeah, it's going to get there's bad. There's no one here. Yeah. Why have we gotten away from estimating uh, you know, stretches? Dead loads, right? Yeah. Dead loads and estimating stretches and pre-connects. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Why? I do. Let's hear it. Laziness. Laziness. Mm. Okay. You have to train Okay. on estimating the stretch. Okay. You have yeah. to put in time and effort yeah. and pull hose and get out of the recliner and yeah. be a fireman. That's overrated. But yeah. if you have the pre-connect, <laughs> which is easy, because you know how much you got. Yeah. yeah. And... There's not a lot of work to it besides, you know, pulling it off every now and then and getting the line stretched. Yeah. You don't have to actually practice and drive your district and figure out yeah. where you're going to need the yeah. 250 foot, where you're going to need the 300 feet, where you're going to need 100 foot. And you have to get good at estimating your stretch, breaking down yeah. the coupling. This is Rowett's cup of tea. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he's talked about it somewhere at length because it's it really is kind of his thing. Well, because he did the estimating the stretch yeah. at third coast. Yeah, he did. And yeah. It was really what good. I mean, it was super good. He gave us all kinds. Of, I mean, yeah, there was there was all kinds of information. If you're a guy that likes numbers and formulas like I do, he had those. If you're a guy who hates numbers and you can only draw like with your left hand and red crayon, like crude letter Bs, and that's all you can do, then he had other methods that didn't include formulas and numbers. It was really good all around, but like. To yeah. me, I, I, I kind of think there's a danger here of saying that pre-connects suck, and I don't think they do. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I like, I'm not saying they suck. No, I, I'm, not, I'm not pointing a finger. I'm saying, like, I I would like if... So we run we run three pre-connects on, uh, next to our pump panel, just cross lays, uh, inch and three-quarter, inch and three-quarter, and two and one-quarter. Two and a quarter. And... On the back of our truck, we've got LDH, we've got a inch and, or excuse me, we've got LDH, we've got a two and a quarter blitz line, and we have what's called a spaghetti load. And you might call it something different, but basically it's 500 foot of two and one quarter uh, attached to a Y. And then there's a hundred foot of inch and three quarter off of, you know, off of the gated Y in each direction. See, I, if it were me, mm-hmm. I would like to see the spaghetti load just replaced with an inch and three quarter dead load. Right. Which, it, which it is. I mean, I mean it's not dead dead load per se. It's still the. I mean, technically, I mean, hundred foot joints that are in a hose bundle now. It's an apartment lay. Right, yeah. right. But I mean, if if the argument here is that we've gotten away from estimating stretches and stuff like that, then I can. I, I would prefer, I think, you know, an inch and three quarter option. Let's say we just split it. Let's say we just cut the spaghetti load in half, like the physical compartment that it's actually in. And you just load 600 foot of, of two and a quarter on one side of it in a flat lay. And on the other side of it, you just load dead load, you know, 400 foot of inch and three quarter. And so as an equipment operator, I can roll up to a structure. I can say, this is a typical room of contents. It's only 25 foot setback from the road. Cause it's not a weird structure or anything like that. I can, yeah. I can cross lay this all day. And the pre-connect is faster by definition yeah. than a non-preconnect or a dead load or whatever you want to call it because I don't have to disconnect and connect cuttings. <laughs> if I can stretch it, 
get it to the door, pull my coupling, and then charge a line, like by definition, that's faster. But I still have the option if I pull up and we're, you know, over on the middle or the north side of town where a lot of the homes are set back, sometimes quite a ways from the road. Or if we pull up and my guys are going to have to be going up to Division 2 or Division 3 or something like that, I've got the option, you know, to pull more than I need. Yeah. I think I think it really just, I mean, as, as my, when we, it's hard to put like a hard and fast thing on it, right? That's uh, This is the reason why. But... I mean, a lot of it has to do with your response area. It, it has to do with uh, how your structures are laid out, how far they're going to be set back. If we had like 95% of our structures that had, you know, two acres of a front yard in front of them like we do on some of these, yeah, then, of course, it would be it'd be perfect. But we have houses that are, you know, two inches from the, the street, and there's not a lot of room because they got a lot of crap in their yard. So yeah. the, uh, the pre-connects work real, really well for us. Man, it just it just depends on what you're good at, man. Yeah. That's what I mean, that's what it really boils yeah. down to is actually training with what you have yeah. and uh becoming really proficient at that and then comparing it to another lay. Yeah. Comparing yeah. it to something else because we did. We tried the uh the modified Minuteman, we tried the uh dead load yeah. on our uh cross lays and we we just weren't as successful yeah. as we are with the pre connected triple A triple A. Yeah. Yeah, and it just depends on what you're what you're good at. I feel like the the whole estimating the stretch and all that became the practice and routine. Is if you look at the majority of the fire load and the fires and stuff like that, if we we're talking about for ninety percent of the nation, right? Is what are they going to be? They're going to be residential or light, small commercial yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So. The practice of routine is typically with a pre-connected crosslay, I can get somewhere quick. Yep. And it's already there, stuff like that. But in your bigger cities and all of that stuff, I don't... And I don't know much about big cities because I've never served in a big city. But I don't... A lot of them, like Rowett talks about it, and I know FDNY still does it, and stuff like that, is they just have to because of the sheer... There's variety what are they of structures have? they have. Yeah. You, you don't know what you're going to well, get. Sometimes they have to you're go really have long ways. Too. Yeah, yeah. You're going to have an 800 foot cross yeah. lay. You know, <laughs> um, <laughs> like yeah. pre-connect. I mean, the, you're looking at adapts, right? Like, yeah. Because I, you know, in my engine, I've got actually, I think I've got four extra joints of inch and three quarter, and like two or three extra joints of two and a, or two and one quarter. But so, you know, I've got all kinds of options. And the thing is, it's going to take me time. To roll out those hoses, yep, and it's things that you don't think about, like number one, how good am I, or any any equipment operator, just whoever happens to be there, but how good am I at rolling hose? Yeah, okay. If I roll it out and it rolls three feet and it just ends up in this big pile, that's time I'm having to take to untangle hose. Yep. Uh, once I roll the hose, I have to walk, I have to walk fifty foot to get to the other side of it. Yeah. To disconnect nozzles or to connect couplings together, that takes time. Yeah. Right. And if you're a department that's anti-running. Uh, don't get us started on that. Um, you know, walking 50 foot takes time because I've got to walk down the hose. I've got to disconnect the coupling. I've got to connect the one on the, and, and so on and so forth. Yeah. And if you're asking me to add 200 foot, I have to do that four times. Yeah. Right. And, and if my captain's making his 360 and then my fireman is struggling to get the PPV fan off the truck, I'm doing that by myself. And that just takes forever. Yeah. Right. And so it, it's just going to depend on, like you guys have been saying, it's just depend on, you know, what is around you. What is the most frequent? What is the most likely? 
and then just building your apparatus and your hose beds and stuff like that, just building it off of those things, you know, it's it really could be a why not both kind of situation. Oh, yeah. I also, you know, there's a part of it, though, that I think it is a lost art and, and stuff like that because there's even areas in this town that have fortunately not caught in fire yet yeah. and stuff like that that you are going to have... The having the ability to estimate stretch and stuff like that would make your job easier. But yeah, I feel sure. where we become way too dependent on the cross lays because somebody's going to roll up and then it's going to be an afterthought instead of us being where we're in a comfortable status or anything like that. It's going to immediately check back over into panic status yeah. because they've never done it before. And now we're dealing with an unusual situation and yeah. then they're going to have to be making up that time of trying to figure out what they're going to do. Right. Yeah. What it, what it breaks down to is training really, yeah. because yeah. you look at our, our fire that we had over at the, the panel panel apartments mm-hmm. and uh, that wasn't your bread and butter cross lay stretch, but we work on it so much that it happened in a matter of seconds where, I mean, I, I talked yep. to you guys and I was stinking impressed with how you guys handled that situation. I'm doing my 360. I can't even see the apartment that's on fire because it's so deep-seated in this complex. And as soon as we get off, without even pulling the crosslay, we've got guys flaking out hose because they know. Yeah, We've trained on it so much that it happened before I even got my 360 done and we're ready to rock and roll yeah. because I have guys who are good firemen. Yeah. Yeah. They can see things and know that it needs to happen and they get it done. Yeah. I think, I think the ideal scenario there is you pick up the nozzle and you don't even know how many joints are on the line. You just know that you've got a nozzle in your hand with water and you know that you can make it to the fire. Like as long as you can keep pulling that hose and it never stops, then we've done it right. You know what I'm saying? You guys did a great job on it, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just crazy to me to, to kind of go on what Gerald was saying. I think everyone should be good at it, even though, like in my circumstance, the odds of me using it are very small, but I think that I should be good at it regardless. It's, yeah, just you know, because it's, it's small risk. doesn't mean you don't train on it's, it. It's your yeah. low, it's your low frequency, high risk. Because yeah. if I'm not good at it and we roll up and I'm a and I'm a joint short, um, that can be big problems, you know, because it does take me time to extend lines, you know. And I mean, thinking outside the box should be. Uh, you know, General Mattis said it the best. You should protect your Mavericks. You should protect your people that think outside the box. Because, you know, there was there was one fire that was, it, it was funny to me. Because uh, we had like a backyard on fire. And then it, uh, it embered out and caught a house on fire. And because of the positioning where our engine was, I looked at it and I said, spaghetti load. So I told my guys, and I told the chief who was standing next to me, I was like, we're going to just spaghetti load it, and we're going to go over there. Oh, well, we're trying to reposition the truck that was, like, boxed in by yeah, LDH and some other things going on. And I was like, don't worry about it. We're going to spaghetti load it. And, yeah. you know, they, We've got 500 foot of reach yeah, on they that just didn't hear. They just didn't hear me or yeah. didn't listen to what I was saying. They were yeah. too focused on plan A. Yep. And that was kind of frustrating, just saying. But, yeah. you know, we did it. And, I mean, we were... 350 feet away yeah and we just went through a yard uh through a back alley because it was caddy corner across the alley from where the the original fire was yeah and yeah we just went through the alley came in the backyard of the the place and then started fighting it with the with the apartment load yeah but you know i mean that's one of those things that you know you can tell you can tell when people don't have aren't comfortable with even the loads they have on their equipment 
Yeah, I mean, the funny because thing... Because they just don't think about it. They yeah. don't train on it. It's not in their thought process. And that's why we have to go through what people call the snowball effect of that we... We're, we're we're too busy trying to go with something that we already had designed to work, but we hadn't trained on it enough. We hadn't done enough evolutions with it that we forget it's there. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think for me, if you can even yeah. back this up a level here, yeah, and say that like you know, if you're a if you're a chief officer, if you're a captain who's running incident command, yeah. um, let me be the one to say, don't care about how your guys get water to the fire. <laughs> yeah, don't care about that because if you if you've got competent guys who care about the job, who have been trained, they know what they're doing, they're going to get water to the fire. And, you know, odds are those guys have been around the equipment more than you. They oh, know yeah. the truck better than you. Odds are the way that they're going to the way that they're going to do it is probably better than the way that you would have done it. Yeah, my number one pet peeve is I don't micromanage. Yeah. I tell my guys what I want. I don't care how it gets done. They just need to get it done. So, if I need this line somewhere and you make it happen then i don't care how you exactly so i let my guys be firemen let they know what to do just let them do it give them the autonomy to get the stuff done right yeah and don't micromanage them because then you're just going to hinder the process and then they're going to try to then they have to restart again and rewind to get what you want and then that takes extra time well and that and it lowers confidence too because the next time after that i'm going to be like second guessing myself well last time i did this and i got yelled at it was a terrible idea like let's let's say let's say you're in a backyard you're two houses away from a structure and you've you've seen an ember wash catch his tree on fire and you're hollering for a line and i bring you a line and it's an inch and three-quarter line and it's properly pressurized does it really matter if it's just a four hundred foot inch and three quarter line, or if it's a if it's two hundred foot of two and a you know deuce and a half and then inch and three quarter, you don't care about that. No, you just care that I brought you water. You know, what yes. I'm saying so. Yeah. So back it off a level. It's, it's one of the times where it's okay that the end justifies the means, right? Sure. So yeah. you know, it's, <laughs> it's one of those things where people get yeah. stupid on. But yeah. if if I get water in my hands when I needed water in my hands, yes. I don't care how I got it. Yeah. As long as it's timely and effective, yes. you know what I'm saying. Like if, if I if I roll out, if you're 400 foot away from me, and I'm like, yeah, that's 100 foot, and so I roll out two joints, and I'm like, oh, I was short. I need another 100 foot. In reality, I need like 300 more foot, and then I roll out two more, and it's taken me 10 minutes to bring you water. Then yeah, I should get trash for that. Instead you know of just grabbing the apartment yes. lay and just yes. taking off. Yes. But that comes down to training. You yes. got to train your guys. If you if you show up to a fire with guys that you haven't been training. And you expect them to do to just perform, yeah. then you're you are a jackass, and two you set your guys up for failure, yeah. because you're expecting way more than what you have taught them. Yeah, yep. So train your guys right, let them perform. Yep. Yeah. Yes. It's real simple. Yes. Yeah. Autonomy is a thing, man. You got to let people use the brains that they have. What What do we spend all this money for? Sending them to training, to recertifications, to alternate certifications, all that stuff. If we're never going to let them make decisions, yeah. yep, you got to let them make decisions. And how in the hell are they supposed to be effective leaders and fire officers later on in their career if, for the last ten years, they've never been allowed to make a decision? Yeah. Nope. And they're second guessing themselves, yeah. and they're scared to make a decision because they got yelled at. I yeah, mean, we yeah. see it in our department now, and it, it sucks because yeah. it's just that leadership <laughs> style where guys are afraid to do anything unless they're told to do it. Yep. And that's stupid. You know what to do. Well, Get the slow. job done. Yeah. yeah. It's slow. It's inefficient. Yeah. You know. I mean, Let your guys be firemen. Train them. 
and then let them go. Man, that, that micromanagement and listening to what is being told to you because... You know, there's a lot of us that have been doing this X many years or, or anything like that. That doesn't mean that doesn't mean a whole lot in my yeah. book, right? Yeah. But I should know the people that I'm working with. I should know the people that are working under me. I should know the people that are working around me. So if I look up and and communicate, it has to it's trust based management. Because if I radio Cody Brown and he tells me something across the radio, do I still need to walk over there and look at it? <laughs> nope. No. I can say, hey, Cody, how's the backside look? And he's going to be like, looks good. And I'm going to go 10-4, don't care. Yep. Like, but, yep, you know, on. I've had that happen to me where I'm standing up high looking at some stuff and I communicated and all of this stuff. And then next thing I know, I'm getting yelled at. Yeah. And they're like, and I was like, I told you what I saw and I told you what I was doing. Why are you yelling at me right now? And it's because they just didn't agree with the operation that was going on. And that, which is, you know, incident commanders have their responsibility and yeah. that stuff happens. You know, and but, it's, it's always a struggle too. you know, if, you, if you're in a department who's always thrived on the do what you're told and nothing else mentality, it's yeah. going to take time to move away from that. Right. Because oh, yeah. Yeah. as your generation moves out, like you've got a generation of guys who are in charge yeah. and all they ever knew was, you know, do what you're told and nothing more. Yeah. Then it's it should be no surprise to you that that's how they govern their crews. Yeah. You know because it makes sense and they and they've seen success with that. I'm not saying it's not a successful tactic. I'm saying like it's not an efficient tactic. It's not no. a fast tactic. I mean it works. And it doesn't right? build. It, it doesn't build leaders though. It doesn't. It, I'm not, it builds yeah. followers who are scared to do that, anything. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying like it, the thing is though is it's not usually it's not catastrophically. It's not. It doesn't fail catastrophically right. most of the time, and right. so it's easy. If you're one of those people, you don't see it fail. It's yeah. it's the same it's the same strategy I, I or it's the same kind of thing that I allude to all the time and I'm saying like if you if you've been fighting fire, you know, your whole life doing something that you know, the science and the training and the and the you know, UL studies and stuff like that say that we've been doing these things wrong, we've been doing them ineffectively and you're like, Well, I've gone my whole career and I've done it this way, like, you know, the the length of time you've been getting away with something you know, does not attest to the actual success that that thing bodes. It just means you're lucky. Correct. Yes. Right? It yeah. just means you're super lucky. And so the thing is, is like, thankfully, the detriment to the whole just do what you're told and nothing more mentality, that detriment doesn't come around very often. Yeah. Right? Thankfully, you know, your room and contents fires. Yes, you can have someone at the top saying, do exactly this, do exactly this. And those guys can do those things yeah. and put the fire out. The, those things really come to shine. You know, the, the detriment really comes to shine when you've got situations where you simply cannot, you, you don't have the staffing, you don't have the apparatus, you're on a really big incident where your incident commander or your, you know, officer in charge is simply not able to keep eyes on every fireground activity at every point in time, the whole scene. When you run into that scenario, when he can't keep a track on what everyone's doing all the time. The funny thing is, is that some of them still try. Yeah, well, they try. The yeah. thing is, is that in, if you have a crew who's only ever used to doing exactly what they're told, exactly That's when you're going to see them fail. It's going to come yep. out. That's when the detriment yep. comes out, right? Because then you've got a captain who's trying to ca who's trying to command three different tasks, right? And, and 
the thing is, is what is he not doing? He's not doing his job as the incident commander at that point in time. Nope. He's not keeping eyes on the building. He's not looking at the roof. Like you, you've got to, and, and Mo Davis posted something about this a while back on his Facebook, and it was really awesome. It's just a bunch of guys on the roof, and they were getting it. They were cutting a hole, and he said, you said, let your guys work. Please. And if, if you don't if you don't trust your guys to work, then you're then doing you something failed. Wrong. You yes, failed. You failed to failed. train like, them. Like if if you're let's say you're sick at home, you called in sick and your house catches on fire and you got two broke legs and you can't get out of your bed. Does that make you nervous to know that your crew's coming for you? That's a pretty good that's a pretty good little litmus right there. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're a if you're an L T or a captain and you're sitting there and you're like, Okay, well my house is on fire, I can't get myself out and I know who's coming for me. Are you nervous in that moment in time? Or are you like, Okay, a big I red truck yeah, a big red truck full of the boys are about to freaking kick doors and come and get me. Like, ask yourself that question. If the answer is I'm nervous, then it's not your guys' fault, it's your fault. Your fault. It always trickles back to the leadership, regardless. Yeah. 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 What example are you setting? What are you teaching your people? What, what are, are they your saying? expectations? What are yeah. your I mean are you holding guys accountable for their actions? Or yeah. Are you training them? Because yeah. guys aren't just going to show up and perform. Yeah. If you haven't spent the time and effort in getting your guys the way they need to be, then, yeah, they're going to perform like hot garbage. Because yeah. yeah. you're hot garbage. You haven't done anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, you went through the academy. You should know what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. That's, I've heard that. Yeah. A I know. thousand I've, times. I've yeah, the academy too. taught me nothing. Let me, yeah. let me just Not be the thing. one to admit, I learned, like, basically nothing in basic the fire, academy. fire suppression like that is hardly, hardly even that hardly even that that like, it, that it, well hardly even that yeah. you're absolutely correct yeah. but that is basic knowledge <laughs> that is the beginning step and you still have the responsibility as leaders of your organization to yeah. train the people that you receive yeah because you can't just assume that somebody knows what they're doing just because they have a piece of paper that says Yes, I completed this. You know, and I'm gonna really, I'm gonna really set Cody off here when I say this, but like yeah. something that really gets me and gets all three of us, yeah, is when people say, "We'll figure it out when we get there." Yeah, right. Okay, or yeah. it'll come yep. to you. It'll come to you in the moment. It, I'm yeah. like, okay, that how many times? How me. many yeah. times has that actually happened in your experience? No. It yeah. doesn't happen. No, hope you know? is not a tactic. <laughs> hope is not it a tactic. Will not work. Yeah. yeah, you have to freaking train your yeah. guys. Yeah. Yeah. You have to prep for all the scenarios that your little brain can think of. Yeah. And whenever you run out of ideas in your little brain, <laughs> you start looking at other fire service leaders yeah. and what they're doing with their guys because they know 50,000 times more than you do. And you just take their ideas and yeah. you learn from them and then you learn from all the other ones. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not a it hard just, concept. Yeah, it's just, just, you know what? It, it boils down to effort. It yeah, boils effort. down to and care. The, there are some people that have zero effort or very little, and they have very little care because they yeah. uh, they care about themselves. Yeah, well, they've been lucky more too. than they care about been the lucky. crew they've and been the lucky. citizens. Yeah. yeah, but you know, you've done that, 20, you've you know, done 20 unfortunately, years and... I, I I wish that it's it's sad to to think about, but uh, I've read uh, in Scott Thompson's book he 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 put it in there that you can go to departments that have a line of duty death. Yeah. Can you think of anything else that would change a culture or change a mentality of a fire department than a line of duty death? No. No. Because, okay, you did something screwed up or, you know, an accident happened or something. Yeah. That now we're going to spend everything we can to prevent that from happening again. And six months down the road, they're doing the same thing again. Yep. Yeah. So if not even a line of duty death can change a culture yeah. and change an attitude, it's the leadership. Yes. Yeah. If you just give up, if you're like... Okay, this happened. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it in my shoes. If I had a line of duty death, for one, it would 
destroy yeah. me. Yeah. Right. That'd be hard. Yeah. And then it would be just nonstop. Right. My guys would be, they'd hate my guts yeah. for how much crap they'd be doing. Yeah. But if I was just like, you know what? It's been six months. We did some remedial training on this one thing. They're got it. We're good. We're good. Mm-hmm. No, you're, you're going to revert right back into that same mentality. Yeah. But it is a constant daily management of the culture. Scott Thompson. See, and, you know, there's also a lot of this stuff, the fear of line of duty deaths or injuries also has crippled some fire service leadership into risk aversion. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Into we're not going to do these certain things because they're dangerous and that well, might hurt somebody. Let me ask you this, though, Gerald. Like, yeah. what's, what's the best way to not get killed on a roof? Train on being on a roof. That's exactly right. It's be, insane. Be yeah. the best person in the world at cutting roofs open. That's you correct. know what I'm saying? Obviously, things happen. Right, we yeah. can't control everything, but like, no. How 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 often do injuries and LODs come from just negligence? Right, uh, negligence, not paying attention, lapse in judgment. Exactly. So that you know, the best yeah. way the best way to not get flashed over and killed in a fire is to be really freaking good at moving a nozzle. You That's know right. what I'm saying? Like really so, good, but you got to train for that. Exactly. You got to put in the hours. You got to put in the reps. Yeah, and so you it's got to be muscle memory. But people yeah. don't put. And, you know, the complacency, the laziness, the, the lack of care and risk aversion leadership, man, these it's just the, the recipe for the perfect storm. Yeah. When you have like the risk aversion culture, yeah. you know, the reason that that even exists is because, you know, you, you, let's say let's say we have this scenario, right? Let's say I have a crew that's not very good at cutting roofs. Yeah. I have two options. Mm-hmm. I can say this is unacceptable. We're going to get good at cutting roofs. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go on the roofs and we're going to cut them. And I understand that's going to put us in some danger. Sometimes that put that might put me in extreme danger. But extreme, yeah. you know, extreme circumstance sometimes call for extreme danger. But like your other option there is, oh, we just won't get on roofs. Yeah. Right. And that's the unacceptable option. And the thing I is, is like, way, yeah. if you you don't you don't have to be in that situation at all. No. You know, let's say let's say you figure out your crew is garbage at forcible entry. Yeah. Right. Well. You Are you just going to pack it up and say, yep, well, we're never forcing the door again because exactly. we suck. That's yeah, what I'm yeah, saying. Like, the thing that. is, like, as, as soon as you catch those things, as soon as you re- – and granted, a lot of these times, like, you don't really know a lot of times, right? You don't know, especially with, like, some of the really particular fire ground tasks. Yeah. Like, uh, estimating a stretch would be a great example. So that's not something I would think of when someone said, like, think of a training activity. I would not – my brain would not immediately go to, oh, estimating stretch. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just not something I think about very often. So uh, I, I do. You, well, <laughs> that's why we got the gauntlet. But, you, but you come, but you come like you come to these things, and you're like, okay, there's something my crew is not very good at, and the yeah, question is, is like, where do you on. take it from there? It's like, oh, we just want to estimate the stretch. Yeah. You know what well, I'm saying? <laughs> and you know, there's a fear of the unknown because I've heard that from a lot of people, and I've seen it in leadership. I probably experienced the feelings myself, and just did something differently with them. Is there's always the fear of the unknown. And the unknown is a factor you will never get rid of in the fire service. There is always going to be unknown because that roof, were you there when they stapled it together? Hmm. Were you there when they nailed the rafters? Were you? Do you have any idea what it looks like? Yeah. No. No, that that is that is unknown to you, right? Yeah. So if you just happen to step on the part of the roof that they didn't get good to get, or could you fall through the roof that you didn't, but how would you determine whether that roof was good, right? Sounding. But are you telling me that sounding a roof is going to knock loose a joist or a rafter or anything like that until I put weight on it? 
Probably not, right? Because you're going to hear the sound. It's going to yeah. sound solid. I'm going to step on it, and then you're going to fall through. That is an unknown factor. That is the chaos factor of the fire service that sometimes you can do everything right, yep. and stuff still goes wrong. Mm-hmm. But there's people not willing to accept that level. And as leadership, and especially in the higher level, higher echelon leadership and stuff like that, you have to be okay with putting people in danger. That is your job. That is the responsibility you signed on for. It's no different than, we call the fire service all the time paramilitary. It's no different than the military academies. Is you have to be okay with putting people's lives in danger because guess what? That's what they signed up for. That's what you signed up for whenever you took the promotion. job is dangerous. That's right. When you took the promotion, you signed on to say that I am now accountable and responsible for other people's lives and that somebody may or may not get hurt underneath the guidance of my decisions. And your job becomes less dangerous the more you train on it. That's right. So get out there and get the reps and stuff, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Just go out there and do it. And your people will surprise you if you give them the autonomy to go out there and we're going to try something new. We're going to do this. You you will be surprised at the reinvigoration of your ranks when, the, when you're just doing off-the-wall stuff. There's going to be the bitchers and complainers. They just exist. But if you're listening to 10% of your workforce and negating the other 90 that wants to do it, then what kind of culture are you building? Oh, yeah. And we and we pick on Houston a lot because we got a lot of boys that work for HFD. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. But... How many times do they get on a roof? A lot. I mean, all the time. And think of the accidents that they have. Yeah. So you got on a roof nine hundred times. Yep. In a year, you successful roof operations nine hundred times, uh-huh. and once you have an accident, yeah. Yep. You completely those shut are, it down. Those are good odds. You yep. completely shut your no. roof operation. No, no. I take, gotta I take shut. Those, do gotta not. shut it down. We take I, those. Look, man. No, our, I've our heard accidents it. happen. No line of duty death is okay. It's ridiculous. We count the negative. But how many successful operations have do people go into a year? Yeah. And they put fires out billions of times. Yep. And then three times somebody gets flashed over. Yeah. You know, th- think of the odds. Don't yeah. don't be one of those guys that's just well, we got to shut it down. Nobody's going interior because this happened one time yeah. up in the northeast. Yeah. So we're done here. Uh, can't do it anymore. Yeah, again, I I think so much of this can be resolved. This is such a cli- uh, such a cliche thing to say, but like when you really think about it, this it, it really does open up a new perspective. If you haven't really considered this, is like you know, what if it really was your house? What if it were actually your kids and your wife on the inside, and you're sitting there running incident command in the front yard? I, you would send guys into an inferno. You would. Oh, you yeah. would if it was your family. You would send guys into the hottest crap. If it was my s- house, yes. I'd be going. Yeah, well, oh, I'm saying like if you're the yeah. one in charge and you're making these decisions, <laughs> you would send guys into the hottest crap you'd ever send anyone ever. I would take right? my guys into the hottest hell. Yes. to try to go after you my would. Family. Now, yeah. now, why is that not the same for anyone else's family? And and the obvious reason is is you know you're more connected to your family and you have that sentiment with them. But like the thing yeah. is is if you can't muster, if you can't muster that kind of you know, consideration for people who yeah. are not your family, you know, you yeah. might be in the wrong gig, dude. Yeah. You might, might be in the, the wrong, wrong gig. And that's, you know, really think about that. That's yeah. a, that's a big deal because, you know, people see the BRT coming, right? The big red truck, they see the big red truck coming and, you know, they think the, the, the people they think are on that truck are sadly oftentimes so much better than the people who actually come off the truck. 
Yeah. And that's that's a terrible thing to admit, but I'm not going to run away from that. But the yeah. thing is, like, you know, if I'm stuck in a burning building and I know nothing about the fire service and I finally hear sirens and I'm like, oh, you know, the fire truck is here and I've seen the movies and I've seen firemen climbing up the ladders in the 70s and being like hardcore, right, and eating the smoke and you know, pushing through the nasty hot crap and getting people and rescuing people. Yeah. And I'm sitting there and I'm yelling and I'm in, I'm in my closet hiding. I'm a, I'm underneath a blanket or something like that. And it's getting hard to breathe and I'm getting hot. And I hear somebody out in the front yard say, it's gone. I, that to me, that's just, that's just wild to me. Yeah. You can never, you can never do that. You know, yeah. put yourself on the other side. Like understand that that person in that house, when they hear the siren, when they hear the air brake, when they hear the fire truck's doors shutting, like they expect, they expect Navy SEALs. That's what they expect. Yeah. And we're not that, right? Yeah. Like we're we're a lot less hardcore than they think we are. But that should not be the case, you no. know. And that really that really bothers me that you know guys don't they don't think about that kind of thing. That you're so wrapped up in like, well, what if we get hurt? What if we get hurt? Yeah. Who cares? Like nope. I'm not saying I'm not saying commit suicide. I'm saying. If I VES a house and we pull out a kid yeah. and it breaks both my arms and I can never fight fire again, that was freaking worth it. It was absolutely worth it. I would do Definitely. it every day. I would yeah. do it every day of the week. That's the job you signed up for. It is. For. It's but, the job I signed up for. But there's, you know, and the unfortunate thing is there's just people in this job that don't feel that same way. Is I got into it because they make yeah. decent money. They have great benefits. And, you know, I work 11 days a month. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's pretty sad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you're just if you're in it for the wrong reasons. If your heart's not yeah. in it, just don't be in it. Yeah, I mean, you weren't drafted. The culture thing, no, man. no. And, you know, I said it before. You weren't yeah. drafted. Yeah. <laughs> you have a choice to be here. Yeah. It's yeah. a hard gig to leave, though. Like if you think about it tangibly, like if you are lazy and you don't really care, like you know how hard it'd be to go from a recliner job to a job where you actually have to do stuff. Right. Like but I can see why they don't leave. That's the administration's you know issue. Yeah. Yes. They oh. should have never allowed yeah. that guy to be the recliner. Yeah. yeah writer that he is or as soon as he yeah. starts doing it it's and true. won't stop then you boot him yep. you know what I'm saying you're like you're done you're, you're done, done bud yeah. <laughs> see you done. later yeah alligator that's where the administration has to nut up and hold people accountable yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just and it's coming to a point and it's going to be there eventually at our department where that will be 100% unacceptable yeah yep yep I mean, <laughs> it's gonna be great yeah it's gonna be great great looking forward to it yeah, the people just got to grow up, man. Yep. Nut up or shut up. Do the job. <laughs> Go home. Jobs. You can relax on your day off. That's right. Yeah. That's why you I have can. them. Yeah, we're paying you. I don't want to hear it anymore. You can't. I don't want to hear it anymore. Not, not, not Brandon. The work that I do on duty is so astoundingly exceptional. I deserve a nap. He's, he's been fired three times this week. Yep. He won't leave. You so that was somebody helping. You can't fire me. Man, we rabbit hold the crap out of that one. Uh, FDNY, if you want to hire me, I'll quit for you. Yep. <laughs> they they only hire New Yorkers. <laughs> no free ads. No yeah. free ads. That's all they do. Okay. <laughs> so, all right. So no we're gonna ads, close okay. this out. We're gonna go through some comments right fast. So we just we posted some memes. <laughs> As we, that means Gerald, he's our memester. He's I am memester. a memester. He's the meme guy. So if you see some banging <laughs> freaking meme, yeah. you know where it came from. <laughs> so uh, this one's doing fairly good. We, we've we rebooted a classic one uh, with some new wording. Not doing too bad. No comments yet, so we'll skip. We have the push button. 
the hardest decision you'll ever make in the fire service. Do I go for more Q or air horns? Oh, that's the easiest decision. Easiest decision in the world. It's Q. It's, it's Q all it right really is. Okay, anyone yeah. who said air, if you said air horns, quit your job. Yep, you, it's time to go. <laughs> Get me. out. Pack your stuff and leave. So uh, we got Jeremy Tosh here, a real slick thinker right here, <laughs> who came in with the pedals for both are close enough together. I hit both at the same time. You know, I, I'm a we, multitasker. Dude. I got it. Our old engines had that where you had both pedals right next to each other. Our new engine just has a Q pedal, though, and the horn is in the wheel, which is fine. Yeah. But, you know, I get it. I get it, it. it doesn't matter when all you need is Q. Yeah. I'm, you, yeah. Okay. I'm glad that you have two foot pedals. That's just twice the messing up you get to do whenever you're trying not to hit them, but you do anyway. Sometimes I use my right foot. Sometimes I use my right foot to hit the cue, and I squeeze yeah. my left foot around and over, and I use that to brake and gas. Yeah, well, of course. Oh, you switch it up. I call it the pretzel. Yeah, yeah I call it dangerous. I call it the pretzel. <laughs> I call it dangerous. I call it stupid. Anthony Robert Shuda the second. Wow. Says more Q. We agree with him. Oh, of course. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Well, of course. Both my foot pedals are side by side. Another one of them. Thomas <laughs> Anderson, you're one of them guys. I'm glad that you have nice things. First world problems over there. <laughs> Love you, mean it. Uh, um, God gave you two feet and two hands for a reason. You said two as in T O. So, oh no! Apparently, he didn't give you a mind for a reason, <laughs> David Morgan. We love you. <laughs> ah, if you're gonna talk crap, use the right two, okay? Sweet, <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah, get him, Gerald. Yeah, Aiden Mooney, our boy, <laughs> living the big life down in L Town. You boys like Mexico? <laughs> that was such a great day. I know. So what is the backstory to you boys like Mexico? Okay, so we just got the cue uh-huh. put on engine one. Okay. And we hit Hobart. The one I installed? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. We hit Hobart and just screaming. Because there's four billion, four billion people on Hobart at yes. this time. I love when that happens. There's so many. And Aiden's <laughs> driving. I think he was driving. He might have been. I might have been. I don't remember. But uh, I know Derek was our firefighter. He's in the back. Um, we're just screaming, you boys like Mexico. <laughs> we were watching uh, Super Troopers. Nice. And we had to have it. <laughs> We'd love to see it. <laughs> so, it's do work insider. Yeah. So uh, Chris <laughs> Schroeder. Oh, whoa. Facebook's messing. It did that, it's that stupid thing where it scrolls up by itself. Uh, Don't you hate that? No free ads. Yeah, yeah no, no free ads. Facebook sucks. Fake book. <laughs> so, Q. Always the Q. I'm going to like this with a heart status. You're welcome. <laughs> you heard it here. All right, Mason Miller. He named both of you guys, not me for some reason. <laughs> that is... That is not a hard choice. It's definitely always Q. He knows. He yeah, knows. He's a good we man. Train you guys right. are, you guys are teaching that fireman right. We yes. train him right. He good knows. Night. Dan Horton, got to love the air horn just long enough to give the alternator a break from the Q. I, I will accept that. <laughs> That's acceptable. That is acceptable. I have a question. Yep. I know minimal things about mechanical stuff. Yep. I would imagine all the... 
all the power it takes to run the air horn is for that little diaphragm to be released just enough for air to squeeze by it and make the sound, right? Yes. So that should not be should not be actually electronically taxing, no. right? No. Okay, so what you're saying is can you continue to run both? Correct. Okay. All right. All right. Yep. Get, his cue right. might be. You're an engineer, and you need to quit looking at things through his, an engineer. His cue might be pneumatically driven. Yeah. Somehow. It could be. Yeah. A pneumatically driven cue. That'd be you, sweet. something you've never seen. That's yeah. just. I think I'm going to need that now. That'd be amazing. <laughs> and then Gabe Chavez says, "Nolan, which one you hitting on truck one? Oh wait, the cue, boys. <laughs> he the knows. Q. Everyone knows. John Buttrick used a." Gaff that said both, 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 both is good. Both, both, both. Yeah. Is that a gaff or a gif? Gaff, gif. I don't care. <laughs> All right, it's your turn to, yeah. to give Gerald some evidently, smack. Evidently, up there. Gerald doesn't know what gifts That's up. right. Give it to me. All right. <laughs> Shut up. All right. And Jesse Boyle sent us a video, bro. Ooh, he knows what's up. Ooh. He knows what Jobs. he's doing. He does. The job what wagon. Job wagon. Yeah. yeah. Somebody, and then uh, Dirk Janiak uh, also said, uh, why not both? To which I replied, the brain cell we have left is already working overtime to keep us breathing. So you're welcome. <laughs> that one little that lone one, survivor. She is working overtime. Lone survivor. I swear my IQ goes down when I freaking... When I run up the queue to max volume or yeah. to make an intersection, yeah. my IQ just drops. You're just like, <laughs> you're drooling like, on like, yourself. Like crown shavings are like flying out the windows because I'm chomping them so hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the one post I was hoping we would get comments on and have gotten zero <laughs> is fire trucks without queue sirens are just glorified ambulances. Because <laughs> everybody, everybody saw it and... Agreed. There's no one yep. to change your mind. Like yeah. there's no challenges there. They I, just there's no I, challenges. I, there's always one. There is always one dissenter in the fire service. It's like suck. Well, I think all of our fans that were like that have left us. That's good. I don't know if they were fans. Yeah, if they're, they're probably one of the seven people who listen to this. Yeah. Appreciate, so, yeah. appreciate you. Uh, so we're scrolling down. Uh, the work has been hectic. That's Last funny. few months, that's a cop out lie. September fourth from uh, <laughs> from Cody. I was down at a ploy for a hurricane. <laughs> oh, he yep. was good. That's one. Then we have another meme. Double part of the double header memes. Fog nozzles. Also, shut your face. <laughs> Nobody commented. Uh, then we have the scroll of truth. Fog nozzles also put out fire. <laughs> we got comments, boys. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, from Cody is uh, Kim Jong from the back of the classroom. Gay! Gay! <laughs> yep, that's true. Uh, and then Dirk Janiak again, man. This guy is hitting us up every oh, yeah. one of these. He's keeping us alive. Not putting oh, water. Boy. Yeah, not putting water on fires also puts them out. They just run out of fuel. He's okay, not wrong. We got a wildland yep. weirdo here. He's uh, not wrong. Get out of here. Wow. Take your rake and go. He's how, not wrong. How dare you use logic? <laughs> <laughs> Take your rake and go home. Dang it. Oh, we got we got this one, the COVID nineteen meme from 
April 14th. That was a <laughs> long time ago. That's like at the beginning of everyone losing yeah, their minds. That was right in it. Yep. Yeah. And it didn't do very well. It only got a thousand views, but it probably for good reason. Come on, you slackers. It was it was talked all that mess about clean cabs. Oh, we don't do that. We what's got what's COVID nineteen got you doing? Got that guy <laughs> pointing. So true, like, bro. what are you thinking about? Huh? That's so true. Yeah, <laughs> talked all that crap, boys. And Josh Cox did respond. He says, "My man, you, you my boy, Josh. <laughs> yeah, you got me in a box here." Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they got us, man. Got us. Um, I was hoping to see him at Tulsa again. Yeah, freaking Tulsa school. Yeah. Oh yeah, they canceled it. Yep. Yeah, freaking COVID. Um, watch a lot of YouTube videos, so I guess you can say I'm a pretty salty fireman. Uh, that's Kip from uh, uh, Napoleon Dynamite. I'm really surprised <laughs> you pulled his name out. Yep. Good job. Actually, the only reason I did is recently like within the last two days somebody brought that up and i couldn't think of it and we had research it and found out good job good job so, yeah i was prepared for that one. prep for that guy yeah <laughs> there's there's that meme yeah from napoleon dynamite where he's pulling a napoleon's pulling kip on the uh, behind his bike on the rollerblades yeah and kip kip goes uh well that place is a ripoff that's how I feel whenever we get a code one call somewhere yeah. <laughs> i don't get to run my queue that place is a ripoff yeah <laughs> yeah um the do work facebook page is thriving as you can see yeah thriving yeah <laughs> so we, we've been lacking on content yeah sorry guys yeah we've we been suck, sucking guys. okay idea though we put out another facebook post we do have right? a gonna life you, though outside of the podcast we do yeah. i mean you guys do like that happens uh i do nothing you come over uh, and eat dinner with my family <laughs> I do. and his family all the time. I do. I do. They drag me out of my hole every now and then. But uh, we could post another Facebook post, uh, ask for more questions, yep. and whenever we need to cop out because we have no real content, um, it'll be there. Yeah, it will be. We can do that. I um, think we're going to have to do that. I think I thought this was a lot of fun. No, I this was it. great. I really, I really did. So, well, I think we're going to end this bad boy. Yeah, I think oh. it's over. So, yep. uh but, so I'll say, I'm going to post another one, but if you hear this prior to me posting because I got busy being retired. <laughs> retarded. Uh, Same thing. Yeah, <laughs> retarded, whichever one. Whichever one. Uh, that if you got something, send us a PM, send us anything, let us know what you guys want to hear about, what you want to talk about. If we answered your questions tonight and we got something wrong or you hate us, send us some hate mail. We love that too. Um, and just... <laughs> Give us some interaction, guys, and great answering questions. There's some good stuff thrown out there, and uh, we're kind of monkeys, so in your Hopefully face. You, enjoy you know it. what you signed up for. You know what you signed up for. <laughs> you clicked the play button. Yeah. You clicked the you play button. You know what button. you did. You keep coming back for some reason. Yeah, you Why did are you this? still here, bro? Look at what you could be doing. <laughs> I chalk it up to bad life choices. Yeah, you could be like <laughs> reading intelligent You could be like reading the Bible right now, dude. <laughs> yeah. I could stuck, be stuck with kidding. this. You should have done that earlier this morning. Come on. Come on now. Come on now. Anyway, we're going to finish this guy up. I appreciate you listening to us. And uh, hit us up on our Facebook. I'm not really active on Twitter anymore. Twitter kind of got weird. Twitter sucks. They're all like censoring (laughs) everything. And Facebook's kind of going that way. But Twitter got really bad, especially for fire-related stuff for some reason. I don't know why. But, uh, yeah, we kind of got off that. And uh, so just hit us up on Facebook. 
uh, message us, uh, hit us up on our personal ones. We'll message you back even faster. Yep. Uh, for some reason, the uh, the page account it just started working again. You finally yeah. get notifications again? Yeah, finally. Because I quit getting them. I did yeah. too. Yeah. I, I start getting them now, but no. uh, just hit us up on our private pages too. So, anyway, guys, as always, know your trade, do your job, do work. See you guys. <laughs>